Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Damn it, man. No, no, no. Damn it. No, no, no. no Damn no. it. Hold on. Damn Hold it. On. Let's just set the stage here. A little bit for what we're going to do today. Celebration episode. (laughs) All right. So listen, (sighs) this last week was a roller coaster of a week for Indiana basketball and for my personal life. As we all know, last week started with me telling everybody about our family dog, Griffin. And, And by the way, thank you, Ward, for your support during that time. And so many people reached out. Uh, that it was really sweet and heartfelt and really appreciated. Um, my kids, Mandy, everybody really appreciated all the kind words, and it it did help the process. Two days after that, we beat Purdue in one of the classic games ever. It was easily the greatest IU victory since we started this podcast. Bar none. Absolutely. Like, it has been slim picking since you and I decided to start doing this thing. And we had always fantasized what was it going to be like when we have a huge, momentous, incredible, tide-changing victory. And then, <laughs> and then, just to fill everybody in on the personal life, then on Friday, I find out that two of my kids have covid which was not fun. They're doing okay, but that was not fun. So isolation and one of my kids didn't have it. So Mandy and I had to split. And then there's the game Sunday, which just craps the bed. Okay. So here's what we did with this podcast. Ward, in the last three years that we've been doing this, almost three years, two and a half years. Yeah. Oh no, it is over three years. Sorry. We started in late 2018. We have focused on 
walking down memory lane with some of the greats of Indiana University and specifically basketball. That's where the lion's share of the episodes have been. Because there were no new great memories being created. Right. But even with some of the guests that we had, we focused in on great moments in their careers or great moments that happened at Indiana, even if the season didn't end great, even if it was in the midst of a bad time, we still focused in on those moments that created memories for the people that were there and the people that remember those games. And we wanted to bring those forward. Yes. Well, the Purdue game, as you said, is clearly the the biggest victory that that has happened since we started this podcast. And I would argue, I mean, the biggest victory, one of the biggest victories in the last decade since the watch shot. I mean, there was... Because you can get into it like, oh, well, we, we ended up winning that game against, you know, Michigan to win the Big Ten title. Yes, huge. The, they're, the, the Michigan State games with Archie. Uh, you know, th- there's been a few good ones. But because, much like the watch shot, we've been through so much garbage and shit for the last five years, this, this one against this team after this losing streak felt way more cathartic and important than anything since the watch shot. And I haven't found anybody who disagrees with that. And we know that if we talk to, when we talk to Rob Finnessy in 10 years, in 20 years, God, if I'm still talking to you doing this podcast in 20 years, something's gone real wrong. I mean, I'd say going right. Cause I don't think I'm going to be alive. in 20 years. <laughs> But if we talk to Rob Finnessy or Xavier Johnson or Trace Jackson Davis or Mike Woodson, or Kenya Hunter, or Dane Fife. This will be one of the moments that we talk about. It will be. It was a huge moment. And so what we wanted to do was put it in a time capsule, basically. That's it. The Turdue time capsule. The Turdue time capsule. We wanted to go and find every perspective, very different perspectives on this specific game in as close to the moment as we could. Because memory fades everything, right? And we wanted to get the details as much as we could from as many perspectives. So that is what we did all weekend before the (laughs) Michigan game. We interviewed a bunch of different people. Right up to the edge of the Michigan game. And you'll hear throughout this pod that we were like, well, and if we win against Michigan or if we lose against Michigan, we crack jokes throughout it because we knew this was the situation, the, the corner we were painting ourselves into. And and it went terribly wrong. We could not have had a worse performance against Michigan. But I do hope we can all let that go. I hope you guys can let that go. And can just, you? Um, yeah, I can. And okay. as we'll foreshadow here, we get into this later in the podcast <laughs> of what our reactions were going to be to the Michigan game. And I hold true on mine. I'm like, I kind of expected it. It's kind of natural. Uh we're not a great team. Uh, what are we? We're an average team that sometimes has good games. And I would argue we had a great game against Purdue. And unfortunately, we we didn't have enough firepower, focus, talent, concentration, whatever you want to call it, to have two games like that in a row. Yeah, I totally agree. I think just to take a minute on the Michigan game so we can wash it out of our system. I mean, I am disgusted by it. Like 60 seconds. I'll start the clock. (laughs) (laughs) I am disgusted by it because I don't buy the excuses of the letdown. Good teams don't have letdowns like that. But I thought you thought 
don't you think we're an average team, right? I, I do, but I want to be better. And yeah. I feel like there are things that are happening that are preventing us from being better. That's right. that's the worst part of it for me, that some of it is self-inflicted wounds. We are not going to make Trey Galloway a better three-point shooter. We are not going to make Race Thompson a better three-point shooter. We are not going to make Trace Jackson Davis develop an offensive game outside of layups and dunks. We're not. We are not going to make Rob Finnessy a 20-point scorer every game. Yeah. Michael Durr, though. Michael Durr. He Michael could be Durr outside threat hits. we've been missing. Yeah. The guy hits elbow jumpers. I mean, he just does. But there are – this is a deeply flawed team from a roster construction and talent perspective overall. Parker Stewart's not going to become a good defensive player. Miller Kopp is not going to become a dynamic playmaker. And – and so there are very few things on this team that you can count on. Trace Jackson Davis is not going to play great against size. You know, when he has played against big size in the Big Ten, it has not gone well. Our 60 seconds is almost up. Now I'm going past it, blowing past it. So there are things like that that we have no control of that are just frustrating. But then there are things that we're doing to ourselves that make the hole bigger and deeper to climb out of. And everybody's been talking about it. The starting yeah. lineup isn't good enough. It's yeah, not good no. enough. It's it uh the Duranga tweet that went out right about what the plus minus is with the starting lineup compared to later in the halves what it was like plus 133 to negative 84, I don't know what it was, but it was it, was, it was like minus 49 in the first 8 minutes of each half for the last 7 games and plus uh uh plus look here, let's just You got it. it. It was a 140-point difference between the two. That's oh, what it was. The difference was like 140. It was like minus 49 and plus 89 or something like that. Yes, because it, it's, you know, look, you're right. Everybody's been talking about it. We've been talking about it in the last couple of games where it's like it seems so obvious that this this five together is not working. And it's not necessarily any one player's fault, but it's just – the ingredients you're cooking with out there it doesn't it doesn't work right and then when you see other guys come in and immediately leads start to increase or or deficits start to be cut into you're like well this is working i mean it's sort of we're getting into the definition of insanity if we if we stick with this lineup agreed super frustrating and the, we love woody the thing that does concern me overall is he has said a few times in press conferences already this is how I've always coached this is how I always do it this is what I do and we know he's a 63 year old coach who's got about three decades of coaching experience behind him does he realize what's happening and will he be willing to adapt and change to a different game than the NBA I hope he does. I mean, I, I have hope that he will. I have I hope know. based on his press conference after the Michigan game, he seemed to like not only start to acknowledge that the starting lineup has let him down the last couple of games, the questions he's starting to get from press row are fairly pointed. And I just don't think a tweet goes out like this that's shared by every Hoosier paying attention, which is IU in the past seven games. In the first eight minutes of each half, they are negative 49 in those seven games. In the final 12 minutes of each, each half, they are plus 84. That's a 133-point difference over seven games. Like, that is 
a screaming neon sign telling you there's an issue and you've got to fix it if you're getting paid millions of dollars to run a basketball program. And it just seems like the easiest decision in the world. Close your eyes, pick who you want, Parker or Miller, to sit down and put in Trey Galloway or put in Rob Finnessy. Like, just do one of them. Like, just try it. It's like, it is, and I'd be okay if he took both out and put in Rob and Trey. I mean, I really would, and go small. I'd be fine with it. You still got race and trace down low. And look, you know, whatever the the psychology is of sticking with that starting lineup and really sticking by them, I get it. But you know what? Rob's been a starter here for many years, and he just had an incredible game. And if, if you didn't give some trust and respect to him coming out of that game, Trey, every time he's come in, since he's come back from the injury, has added something. Like, it's not like these guys on the bench don't deserve their shot. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty obvious now. And if the same starting lineup rolls out, not only to begin the Penn State game, but the second half of the Penn State game, it, the, the, the cacophony is just going to become deafening. Yeah, what worries me is that we will see the same starting lineup and we will be winning because Penn State sucks and it's a home game and he'll use that as like, oh, well, see, things are fine. Well, no, no, yeah. no, that doesn't mean things are fine. Well, that's it, it, it absolutely does not. He, he, he has been defending this lineup by saying, you know, these guys have been doing pretty good, and, and but nobody raises their hand and says against super shitty competition. Exactly. But against, I mean, look, they had a really good first half against Wisconsin. Yep. You know, that was as good as they can look. Um, but there's been a lot of just this and, and, and it's just, I mean, it's just clear as day Miller, Miller and Parker together. You, you have one ball handler out there, Xavier, who's the only one who can drive by anyone. And then you add it to, I do, I do think there's a frustration there is for me and my dad, at least the traces game has simply not expanded since his freshman year. I mean, it, it just hasn't every year. We hear Rabbi tell us about how many jump shots he hits in practice and he's working on that mid range and it, and the right hand. It, it's just not there. It's just not there. It, there, there is no part. He, he's averaging the same uh, amount of points and rebounds as he did last year. In fact, a little less. Yeah. A little less um, now. A, a little less. His free throw um, percentage is I think the worst of his career or right there. That hasn't improved field goal percentage was up and down and up. it's it's basically where it's been at but his game hasn't expanded and if his game isn't going to expand well then and he's your primary player it's going to be very hard to build something else around that and that's kind of where we are and so we move forward but there is no doubt that that Turdue game was like our podcast powered by peaks 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 you know no matter what mood you're in straight no chaser does make you feel better it does it does it kind of zens you out right it does so let's pivot and talk about our reaction to the to game because i think you and i share what you said at the beginning about how it's clearly the biggest game since you and I started this, and it is definitely one of the biggest games of the last decade since the watch shot. 
And like you said, there were games that we won the Big Ten championship. But this one felt so cathartic, the drama of losing nine in a row, Coach Woody's first game, Assembly Hall buzzing in a way that we have not heard in so long. It just felt like we're going to be okay. Right. It just felt oh, yeah. like I didn't think it was like a turning point for the season. I didn't. I didn't think we were all of a sudden going to be 14 and six in the Big Ten. Right. But it did feel like we're going to be OK long term, like we're going to beat Purdue again at some level. Yeah. And when Woody gets this going, he's got enough of the special sauce that's been missing. The totally. connection to the program, the caring and the deep passion for what it is to be an Indiana Hoosier that. That got all communicated in one game, and we saw it burst out in players like Rob Finnessy and Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway. And that's going to be the norm at some point. And so it just felt like relief and catharsis and joy. Yes, yes. it All those things, it, it was a line in the sand being drawn. Unfortunately, I thought that line would would hold against Michigan of that we don't lose at home. Um, but I, I think I also did not imagine this just becomes a whole new team that just rolls straight into the tournament and can make some noise and maybe even make a run in the tournament. It's like we've seen enough evidence so far this season to be like, well... Yeah, all the stars are going to have to align to take down a top five team. And they did. And those stars include being at home, it being our arch rival, uh, the entire of uh, Hoosier Nation, like willing this victory into existence. This is like metaphysical engineering. Everybody was just determined, like, we have got to get this or our psyche might collectively break. And also, let's not forget this when thinking about the Turdue game. Rob Finnessy went off. I mean, that wasn't a plan. That wasn't like they built an offense around Rob Finnessy hitting three three-pointers in the first half. He just went off. And by the way, Devontae Green did that against Florida State. Evan Fitzner did it against Marquette. Like, we've seen... Shh, hold on. I think that's my... Hold on. I got it. The, do the dog bather is here. <laughs> <laughs> I I bathe my own dog. I just want people to know that. I don't trim my own dog. Uh, we do get her professionally uh, trimmed because I did try to cut my cat's hair once, and that was an unmitigated disaster. But when it comes just to cleaning the dog, that's that's something I, you know, I can handle. She's a small dog. Sounds like Dog Cheney isn't too excited about getting his bath, but maybe once the warm water gets going and he's all sudsed up, he'll start to relax and just enjoy a little doggy spa day while his father podcasts with his weirdo. Are you still talking, Ward? Nope, nope. Not still talking to the audience. I'm still talking to the audience. Are, are you going to keep all that? I might. You'll never know. Oh boy. All right. But what I was saying is we've seen what happens when a singular player goes off. Devontae Green did it and single-handedly won us some games. That Purdue game, Rob Finnessy went off. The team was getting beat bad. 
not, you know, we were down by what, eight or so. Rob Finnessy came in, went off in the first half, built the lead of nine points, and then we held on for dear life and he made a great shot at the end. So all the stars were aligned in crazy things happening in that game. And well, look, it just didn't portray. It, it did not seem to be something that was repeatable. It wasn't a recipe for success, right? Right. It, it wasn't right. like, oh, guys, we just figured out what our team was. We figured Rich it out. Trace right. on the bench and Robin yeah. X score 38 points without turning it over. Like nobody thinks that's going to happen ever again. But what it shows portends for the future, if you will, is I will what coach Woodson can pull out of a team emotionally the the level of focus and the will to win and determination and coach Woodson coached at the highest level for a very 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 long time and now that he's taken his first lap around the Big Ten he's got some talent coming in that he's identified along with his assistants that he wants to run his thing it's going to be another two three years to really start to see the kind of pieces he wants to play the kind of basketball he wants to play in the Big Ten. But what is going to be underneath all that is not only can he get guys up for a big game, get them motivated, but he can also build up their confidence to perform in a game like that. And we've talked so much about his philosophy, foundational philosophy of of giving these guys confidence, especially after what they've been through. I mean, you get like a Jalen Hood Shafino or a Ja'Kai Newton in here or, or a, a Caleb Banks, these guys who are like probably coming and feeling really confident anyway because they've just been working their high school opponents. I think, you know, we talked about, okay, how do you get a team that hasn't won to believe they can win? And and somehow you just have to get that big win. And and they did. So I, I, I feel good about what's going to be underneath all the talent that Woody is coming into to create, to let's say, to go back to this great analogy, to construct the car he wants to drive. Yes, I, I think that's well said. Uh, it just felt so damn good. Mm. I mean, I'm just, I've just been trying to put myself back in the mindset of what it was like in the however many hours after we won that game. And it was so good. And it reminded me of a few other times in Indiana history where it felt that good. And there just haven't been enough of those. But that that just reminded us, for those of us that weren't there, but saw it and felt it because of, you know, seeing the lines on social media of fans lined up and hearing the stories that we heard and celebrating on spaces after the game with Jared Jeffries and a bunch of other Hoosier fans. You just felt this is what we can be. Mm-hmm. This is what it's supposed to feel like. And damn it, this podcast is all about living in that feeling for a little bit longer. Amen. Amen. And uh, I do. Ho- Wait, shit. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like you were about to roll right into something. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And. You know, what got me was. I, w- I was uh, I had something locked and loaded coming off of something you said, but then something else you said made me think of like we're a sleeping giant like America after Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah. And now we're just gonna now we're just gonna really get the manufacturing lines up and and just roll over the entire earth 
Yeah, we just we just needed a quick nap afterwards. <laughs> we woke up real quick, but then we just needed a quick disco nap right after for Sunday. And then we'll be back at it on Wednesday. Then the manufacturing lines and the assembly lines can can really crank stuff out. Look, it was so fun. Oh, I remember what it was. Here I remember we go. what it this was. This is what everyone's been waiting for. This is going to be such a letdown. <laughs> the indelible <laughs> image, not not Rob's shot, not even Rob being hoisted by the crowd. What I keep thinking back to of this game is it's some nameless possession in the first half where Purdue has the ball and we are stuck to them like glue at all five positions. They have no room to breathe. They can't go anywhere. And it was so fun and exciting to see that. After four years, oh, the GD pack line, pack line those baby. stupid hedges, and so many just wide open what dunks, layups, three-point shots, whatever it was, I was like, this is basketball, baby. We're back, baby. And I don't think that's that's going to go anywhere anytime soon. Were there lapses, you know, even in the second half? And all the time against Michigan, yes. So it ain't it ain't gonna be perfect, but it's college basketball, and I do I want to spend the rest of this week remembering Purdue and completely forgetting about Michigan. So please, here's a few hours of regaling in the good times that we'll all remember much, 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 much longer than we will the disappointment of that Michigan game. Let's get to our first very, very special guest and her very special and unique perspective on that special moment here comes a guest here comes a guest this is unique to have the woman responsible for the hero of this week uh is a singular event on this pod one that has never been done before eric please let the folks know exactly who is here with us today I mean, you did a good enough job setting it up. We are talking to, we know who is responsible for making the shot, but somebody had to be responsible for that person making the shot. And that is this woman. Please welcome to the podcast, Tanika Finnessy. And I should point out, because I didn't say it, Rob's mama. Tanika, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> relaxing now had a few very very busy days but now it's back to reality and back to Michigan yes well we we, we appreciate like that. that but what let's just let's go let's work backwards since that game what has your life been like how many phone calls text <laughs> messages just give us a little sense of what your life has been like since that moment um, almost overwhelming in a sense. Um, at one point I just said, you know what, I'm just going to turn my phone off and I'll get to these later. So, um, now it's a little bit calm, but still getting a lot of, um, text messages, a lot of tweets. So it's been a lot. So it's been, it's been different because I'm definitely more of a behind the scenes person. So it's definitely been different. We know especially in the age of social media, uh, but just in, in sports too, there's, there's really low lows and there's really high highs. And for you and Rob and his career up to this point, point at IU, 
this is as high as it's gotten. Are can you just completely enjoy that, embrace that, or do you do you feel like, well, you know what? No, we we can't get too high on this the same way we couldn't get too low with the lows. Yeah, absolutely that. Um, so definitely want to want to be able to celebrate and to especially with him right now because he has had so many struggles in in the last two years so definitely celebrating and recognizing but then also um just coming back to say okay now on to the next um because yes purdue was absolutely a big game a big win um roberts never won since he's been at uh at iu and so that was huge. That was huge. But they still have, I, I'm pretty sure, about 10 more games to go. Yeah. And so the ultimate goal is a title, a, a championship. So never stay on one game too long. So let's talk about the game. Uh, the game starts like many games have started for Rob this year. By the way, I also like that you refer to him as Robert. You call him Robert. Is that, do you ever call him Rob? Not really, no. Okay. When I'm speaking with other people, I may say Rob, but if I'm talking about him, I'm going to say Robert. All right. Well, for this podcast, I'm going to refer to him as Robert also, because I feel like that's the <laughs> respectful thing to do with his mom. It's on the phone. fine. It's <laughs> fine. So the game starts like they all have started this year with Robert coming off the bench. Um, he comes into the game. What is your, you go to a lot of the games. How different was this atmosphere from many of the games that you have been to so far? Um, that, that it's always different because Robert is absolutely, he's from Lafayette and Purdue's right across the bridge in West Lafayette. So that game is always um, one of those ones that it's intense either way. Um, I got off of all social media. I didn't do social media at all um, <laughs> just because it was, I knew it would be a lot. And so I just decided to get off of social media. Um, but I'm a, our family is a very strong family of faith. And so I really prayed a lot about this game, mm. more so for Robert in this game, um, for him to have, um, not only just uh, free of injury, but also just to have a breakthrough. Um, and that was really specifically my prayers for him to have a breakthrough. Of course, I wanted them to win, sure, but I wanted him also to just have a breakthrough because I know he's been struggling. So that was, and this would have been the game for it to happen. So I felt like if any other game, um, of course, I always wanted to happen, but yes. <laughs> it was like the one. And um, oddly enough, and I shouldn't even say oddly, but I know that I've gotten probably calls or texts from, I'll say at least 10 other people who have said the exact same thing, that wow. they prayed really hard for him for this to just be a breakthrough game for him. So did you your, your to prayers him? were answered? Well, I, I, I want to be even before we get to that. Did you talk to him at all the day of the game before? Yes, the game? I always I always do. But I try to keep it pretty um, just pretty light because I know probably other people have talked to him. I know there's things that he's always heard before. Um, but the last thing I said to him, he was actually getting ready so that he could go back over to the gym. I just said to him, hey, you know, just do your best 
play hard and you got to believe in yourself. Um, nobody else can believe more than you. So just as much as everyone else is believing in you, you got to believe it. And he said, I know. And I said, okay, I love you. Have a great game. He said, I love you too. And that was really our last conversation. A lot has been made about his conversations with coach Woodson before this game, leading up to this game. Had he shared that with you? Did you, did you know that those conversations were being had? Um, yes. So I actually spoke with coach Woodson the night before we just had a, a small conversation and um, a good conversation also. And I didn't tell Robert. And so Robert texted me when he got done talking with coach Woodson and said, Oh, so you had a great conversation, huh? And I just kind of <laughs> laughed and I was like, yeah, actually I did. And he said, yeah, I just finished talking with coach Woodson. So yeah, he did. He called and he, he told me about it. Did coach Woodson reach out to you to have the conversation? No, I reached out. I reached out to him. I just reached out to him and periodically I will. Um, I talk to coach Fife sometimes just conversation, nothing specific about uh, just the basketball or playing time. It's always about Robert, but nothing about playing time or sitting on the bench, just kind of conversation to see how they're feeling and what they see. Um, Robert is very private. And so pretty much Robert doesn't want me to worry and everything is always fine. I'm okay. So oh, he's one of those kids. We all, we have, we have kids by the way, Tanika. So we get it. How was school? It was fine. How you feeling? Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, Pretty so straight to the point. Yeah. He's a, I'm fine kid. Yes. Um, before I want to kind of back up to kind of set the stage before we get into that game and, and the breakthrough as you, as you talked about it, but it's no secret that the last few years have had been filled with some ups and downs, some really big ups, you know, going back to the Butler game, you know, his freshman right. year, but right. last year especially was an extremely difficult year from the outside looking in it, it yeah. seemed. And a lot has been made about Robert's confidence and his faith in himself. Mm -hmm. When my kids, uh, you know, cry or I can tell they're sad, it destroys me. I mean, it just crushes me. Um, and that's they're on a very small level, right? They're they're in one of my kids <laughs> is in high school now, but they're not on a national stage where it's there for millions of people to see. Right. And everything Robert does at Indiana University on the basketball team is magnified because so many people can see it. How hard has it been for you as his mom to go through these struggles as well, kind of alongside him the last couple of years? Uh, very hard, very hard. Um, I always say the mama bear wants to come out, but I will tell you, um, Robert is actually the one who kind of uh, talked me through it. And one day I was saying to him, you know, I can't believe, you know, what some of the things that people say, why would they do this? Why would they say this? Who are they? They don't know anything about you. And I was going on and on. And he just stopped me and he said, mom, why are you letting that worry you? He said, they don't know you. They don't really know me. He said, it doesn't matter. He said, people are going to say whatever they want to say. He said, and go on with their life. He said, stop. Don't let that worry you because it doesn't matter. So wow. that, what a that moment. put me, yeah, yeah, it put me in check. Um, but still, the mom and me, very protective. It's one thing talking about his basketball challenges. He's had them. I'm all for correction um, because, you know, there's areas that he could grow in always. 
Um, but when it comes to attacking like his character or his person, that's when, you know, I don't like it. Of course. Yeah. Now, so at, having gone through so much of that and particularly how last season ended, mm-hmm. what what happened with with the university letting Coach Miller go, hiring Coach Woodson? Like what were were there conversations between you and Robert that like need a fresh start, need to get out of here? Or were you both still like, no, we love IU. Robert loves IU. We'll figure this out. And then if you could kind of take us through that and then into like the first conversation or two with coach Woodson and, and what was the whole transition like for, for you guys from coming out of such a, a dark place, not just for, for Robert, but for the whole program into this new era, how did you guys navigate that? Um, so in the beginning, um, I have, so I have really moved into more of a supportive role, um, being his mom. And so I try to take the stand of supporting them through whatever it is that they're going through the challenges. Um, I give my opinion, um, and my thought on what I think about it. And then you know, they, they'll listen and then we'll come back with it. And so sometimes they can see my, where I'm coming from and my point of view. There's other times where they don't, and we may not necessarily agree, but again, as they've gotten older, I've changed my role as I'm always going to be mom. So, um, utmost level of respect is a must, but, um, supporting them through whatever it is that, you know, they're facing or whatever decisions that they're making. So, that's really been um, what happened with that transition. We talked about it. Um, he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do, um, but I told him, you know, it was up to him. You know, whatever he decided, I was going to support him through that. And so once he decided to stay with IU, I was glad about that. And I'll say I can even take that back to um, AAU days, um, some high school things that I've always instilled in all of them that, you know, once you start something, you're going to finish it. Um, And so that's always been one of the things that we've done. And so I feel like for him, that might have been a little bit. And Coach Woodson, very gracious. Um, He spoke to Robert and then they both called me together and we talked and he let me know, you know, how he felt about him and how he felt he could still work with him um, in the program and getting started and things being new. And so that was just reassuring to me when he, you know, made that phone call um, to just say that, you know, he valued what Robert added to the program. And that's why Robert never put his name in the portal is because he wasn't going to make a hasty decision. He, that's not him. You can kind of tell that on the court too. He doesn't make a hasty decision. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, He might overthink. But yeah, that's just really his person. So that's just how that came to be. And you said you've you've had several conversations with Coach Woodson. We get to see a certain side of Coach Woodson, the one that he puts out for the media, obviously, press conferences, interviews. We've had him on the show a couple times and, and love him. But how would you describe him from your interactions with him? How would you describe Coach Woodson? Yeah, so I've only had a few conversations with him, but... Um, the ones that I have had, he's genuine. He's genuine. Um, he's, he's, um, I feel like real. Um, I feel like even 
I laugh all the time when he does a lot of his different interviews, when he says hell and damn, Um, (laughs) it cracks me up. It's the funniest thing ever, but it, and it's so, it just goes, it flows and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't think anything of it. So I think that is just like the realness of him. Um, And that's what I really liked is that he's just real genuine, laid back. um, And I feel like he genuinely, um, has just like a, a, in a sense, a father mode, a fatherly mode. So conversations, very easy, easy with him. And so that's what I, I really liked. One decision he made pretty early on, they brought in Xavier Johnson and decided that Rob Robert would be coming in off the bench. And yeah. I, I will say that it has been universally said uh, what a class act and what a team first attitude Robert has had about that what do you attribute that to is was he just born a kid with the team first mentality is that something you really um drove into him and you know did he struggle has he struggled with that at all or did he embrace it right away because that's just who he is um I would say so him saying that he struggled with it absolutely not he um embraced it Um, Do I think that at some point it might have been? Absolutely, I do. Because if you come from a situation, Robert has been, I don't know if you've guys seen some of the most recent posts of him from middle school. Yes. So from like being in uh, middle school, a starter, always a starter. From high school, a starter. I think he might have played three JV games and then he got in for a varsity game. And after that, always started. Um, so of course, and, and I think coming in his freshman year, I don't think he expected to start, but Devonte was hurt. Yeah. And so yeah. that was also part of the reasons other than, I think he also worked hard, but, um, that was also a, a big reason why he did get to start right away, um, at IU. And so I think that, you know, he just embraced it and, you know, he, cause I, I asked him how he felt and he said he was Okay. But again, that's him. He's going to, I'm fine. It's okay. Um, But I also think that he embraced that um, coming off of the bench because that is a humbling moment, I think. Um, And I feel like that is something that I've tried to instill in all four of my boys is just to be humble. Um, Things happen. We may look at it one way, but just being humble. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that, um, that he, he still is able to, see what it is that um, IU recruited him for in the first place. So now let's jump to the game. The game, the energy is filling the building. You've been there for a couple of these. You understand what it means. You're from Lafayette. And the game is not starting off that great, truthfully. We're losing. We go down. It seems like, oh, no, could this could this really tip big in their direction? And in comes Robert Finnessy. And... I just am trying to get in your head what it is like waiting for like that first shot, because so often with young people, what happens first does matter. You know, it does. It it gets you rolling or it makes you like, oh, man, is this not going to be my night? What what are you thinking as you're watching him? and he gets ready to take that first shot. Just walk us through the emotions that you're feeling watching him. Um, the very, the very first shot, 
um, nerves, nervous. Um, when it when it went in, yes, I was very pumped. Thank you, God. Yes. Um, the second one, I said, he's got it. He's on fire. Um, I could just kind of tell in his body language wow. um, that he he could feel it. Um, I, I think back to that Butler game. I remember asking him, I said, what were you thinking when you shot that shot? Had no, in my mind, no thought that it was going to go in. Mm-hmm. He told me he knew it was going in. I was like, what? <laughs> he said he knew that it was going in. And I was like, okay, all right. So I could just really tell in his body language that he knew it and he wanted it. I could tell he wanted it. He really, really wanted it. Did your nerves when he made the first one, were you able to breathe a little bit after that? Or do you breathe for a moment and then it comes right back? Breathe for a moment. Breathe for a moment. (laughs) Because he's had those moments where it'll look like he's, he's getting ready to go. And then all of a sudden it stalls for whatever reason. So, yeah. I want to bring up something Ward has said um, about Robert in that game. You know, like you said, he's a private person. He's a reserved person. Yes, very reserved. Um, there's been very few moments of him showing emotion on the court in his four years now at IU. But he hits that first three and he looks to the crowd <laughs> and says, let's go. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. I mean, I know what it did to me (laughs) out here in Los Angeles. I'm losing my mind. Like, this is a different Robert. He was smiling. I saw a smile on his face when there have been times where playing basketball at Indiana seemed like a chore, you know, for not just Robert, but for many of the people on the team. And for those of us watching. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. I get it. When, When you saw that, did that what did that do to you? Is that part of the body language that you're talking about? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're right. He is reserved. And I, and a lot of people, um, you know, I felt having to defend him in years past that it's just his person. It's not that he's not into it. It's not that he doesn't care. It's just his person. He's net high school, um, AAU, any of that. He's never been that, jump up and down, scream, um, that type of person. But you'll even see and notice him on the sideline. He's definitely a hype guy. That's what I love about this team. They love and they hype each other up. They support each other in everything. So I, that's what I love about this team. Let's talk that. about that a little bit because we know when Coach Woodson came in, Uh, There was a lot of talk about building the confidence of the team and bringing some joy into being an Indiana basketball player again, which seemed to have been missing a lot in the last couple of years. What what have you seen in the transformation of the team, the players, and maybe what Robert has shared with you about whether it's guys who were on the team with him before or have come into the program this year? Are they really having as much fun as it looks like they're having? Yeah, they are. They they hang out a lot outside of basketball. And and the one thing that um I wanna I like to clear up too is that even when Archie was there, the team, the boys, the young men, they got along. They mm-hmm. they had a camaraderie with each other. Um, and so I feel like sometimes people think that um the players passed or the years passed, they didn't get along or that there was beef or something all false. Um, They've gotten along. 
I feel like this has been a really good transformation because adding not only new coaches, but you've got, I'm pretty sure, six new players. And so having to all figure that out and to gel, um, I know that they, they are, are they're, they're brothers. They, they get along, they hang out, they like to do things together outside of just basketball. And so that's really a, a good thing. It's really good. It, it's it's funny you mentioned that because you know we talk to to the players fairly regularly in the off season more so, and we had heard that too that in the last several years they all liked each other. Yeah, um, so yeah. I never bought like there was any locker room drama, right. but there was clearly a I don't want to call it a disconnect, but just look, different people have different personalities. And, Absolutely. And and Archie is a different guy. And I think Archie is, is a really good guy. I mean, I do. I like Archie personally. Right. But Archie isn't the emotional, hard-on-the-sleeve, father-figure type. Yeah. He's just different. And and that worked for him at, at various teams. Yeah. But there did seem to be a missing ingredient a little bit with so many of our players that needed a little bit more of the guy in their corner. Mm-hmm. In in a in a paternal way, and I'm not just talking about Robert. I'm talking about Trace right. and Race right. and like a lot of these guys. You know, have have really rallied around it, and it does seem like that element coming in has just it's just another little piece of secret sauce that that gets yeah. put into the mix. Yeah. Um. So then, go ahead, Ward. Ward, you sound yeah. like you're muted. Oh, there How we about go. Now. Yep, you're back. I didn't want you guys to hear me opening my can of soda. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, sec- oh, I was just going to get into like the beginning of the second half. Well, can we let, let let's first do you want to him in the in- zone in the first half? Great. So right. he's made first shot. He makes his second shot. You realize he's got it. You think he's got it. You can see it. What is happening around you? Are people, because I know when I've been at games, when I know parents are there, mm-hmm. I'm looking around when something good happens, I'm pointing at them. Like, yeah. are people just like kissing you? Are they hugging you? Like what's happening <laughs> in your world yeah. when your son is killing it? The whole high five, patting on the back, giving me a little shoulder shake. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was a lot. My phone's going off, it's buzzing. <laughs> So, um, yeah, of course, everybody is excited and we just want them to win. We want the team to win. We want the, you know, not only our own children, our own sons, but we want the other ones to win, too. And so anytime, you know, you see like um, Xavier's parent dad was there and I didn't realize it was him um, behind us. But, um, yeah, we were all so very excited. So very excited. Who were you there with? Who did you sit with at the game? Not, not like other family, but did you come with somebody? Yeah. I, with my family. Yes. My family was there. So your, um, your other sons were there? Just one. Um, but my grandkids were there. Um, their, um, their mom was there, my son's girlfriend and, um, their godfather and his girlfriend was there. And so, we that was my youngest son. He was the one that was there. The youngest was there also. Oh. So that was that was awesome to have them there. And what are I, they doing? I, are, sorry, go ahead, board. Go ahead. Please. What were they doing? Yeah, I just want like, were they I mean, you're my grandchildren my super excited. They love <laughs> their uncles. They love, love their uncles. So my grandson, he's five. 
So he's jumping up and down. He's um, screaming Uncle Rob. My granddaughter, of course, is screaming Uncle Rob and upset that he won't answer her. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody, my my youngest son, of course, they are supportive of each other and everything because my youngest son, I'll tell you some secrets. Yes. My youngest son actually is a freshman at Purdue. I Ooh. am a Purdue alum. Oh. I, I son, heard that vicious room. We were son, trying not we were trying to avoid yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say, I'll tell you a secret. My other son right above Robert, he actually is a Purdue alum as well. So oh, my boy. oldest son, he's neutral. He he went to a different school, but yeah. So we're a house united though. We're not, it's none of that house divided stuff going around here in this house. Okay. We're a house united. That's how we that and I always say it, that's how I look at it. Let okay. let me ask you this. Yes. When Robert is no longer playing for Indiana University. Yes. And Indiana University plays Purdue. Who are you going to root for? That one's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I'm going to always, always, always love IU sports. I will tell you that. I will always love IU sports. But you got to know, when I was in school, Bob Knight era, you know, there yeah. was just much, much <laughs> bad blood there. <laughs> but my son has definitely changed that. I'm going to always love IU sports, but that'll be tough. Okay. That be, that'll be that'll be a tough one. I'm sure okay. I have to lean a little bit more towards IU yes. because of Robert. Definitely yes. because of Robert. At I'll least 51 percent. At least yeah, I, I can give you that. I can All right, we'll take that. it. Yeah. We'll take it. So, <laughs> Ward, let's go ahead and, and move on to the second half. Okay, so if you were like the rest of us, we were all kind of pulling our hair out that to start the second half, it was the yeah. starting lineup again. Yeah. And we all saw what was working so well in mm. the second half. Yeah. It, like, as that's going on and the, the lead is dwindling and, and it seems like, oh, no, here we go again. We've seen this team lose some leads already yes. this season. Yes. Were, were you like we were and, like, all the fun and joy and excitement of the first half, was it slowly draining out of you and filling with dread? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a certain point. And I, I'm telling you, some people just don't understand it. But, like I said, we are – I am definitely a very huge person of faith. And I did. I just stopped. I sat down and I was just like, okay, Lord, you know, you know what, what, what I need from you. I've asked you. And I, I had to just kind of sit for a moment. And, and, and that's, that's all truth. Um, towards, I think it might've been around the two minute mark. Um, Robert seemed to be struggling some. He had missed a couple shots. Um, and that is, is something that I know is not always a good thing for him because he misses, he's going to think about it a little bit more. He's definitely, I think sometimes overthinks before shooting again. Um, and so I'm like, okay, so we, we got to make something happen here. We've come too far. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, the dread, the, what is happening, what's going on. And I just kind of kept whispering, like, Come on, Rob. Let's go, Rob. You got it. You got it. Be confident. Um, I just kind of was sitting in my seat. Everyone else was, of course, standing around screaming, yelling, standing. Um, but I just took that moment just to kind of sit for those few minutes to um, to to kind of gather my thoughts. Lack of confidence and um, like self-assuredness is usually something that that starts 
pretty early in, in your life. Um, look, I have a 14 year old son who struggles with, with this and has, uh, for, for a lot of his life. And he kind of overcompensates by being kind of a class clown, big personality, but it's a struggle and it's a struggle, um, you know, that, that is painful. I mean, and, and when you're a parent, you're watching your kid go through it and you love your kid with all your might and you yeah. want them to see how amazing and special they are that you know they are. And getting them to see it is very difficult. There's been a lot made about Robert's confidence issues at Indiana. Is that something that he dealt with when he was younger as well? Or is it something that really didn't come to a fore until Indiana? Yeah, never. Yeah, that 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 has been tough because never, never has he really gone through those things. And and I say never kind of quickly, other than um, maybe he just didn't share it with me. Right. But Robert has always he's always been reserved. He's always been more of a homebody um, throughout high school when he had all his successes in high school um, after games. A lot of games, he came home. His friends would want to go out or they want to do something. He'd say, ah, maybe, but he'd come home, get a shower. We'd probably eat or either go out to eat. And then, you know, he's ready for bed, whether he's in there gaming or if he's just going to bed, that's what he did. So this this was a, a hard uh, transition um, for sure. me because, like you said, as a parent, and I'm here, um, He's he's an adult. Um, and he's very closed mouth. So getting things out of him to, you know, ask questions, but then not to push too much. Um, yeah, it was a hard trying to figure out the balance and where I needed to fit in and fall in. And so, um, I think too, it was frustration, not always just a lack of confidence. Mm. People talked about that lack of comp- confidence so much. But I think, too, for him, it was a lack of frust- it was uh, just being frustrated because he's never been hurt. He very seldom had any injuries um, throughout high school. And so having to go through all those different injuries that he had yeah. to go through, um, that's been I think that has been tough. That's been a lot because um, that he's never had that. And then you get over one hump and then you think you're I'm good. And then something else happens. And so that for him, I think, has been really tough. So, so it's been this this struggle. And then even within this game, there's highs and lows. Like it's this unbelievable atmosphere. Everybody's going crazy. Rob's in the zone. And then everything that's going through in the second half. And then with two minutes to go, you're sitting down, you're praying, you're putting it out to Rob. Come on, Rob. Come on, Rob. He heard it, he felt it, he understood it. And something Eric had pointed out was he missed that that three-pointer. Absolutely. 16 yeah. seconds left. And my then... head just dropped down. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> but yeah, his I'm, did I'm, not. I'm, I'm, yeah. But no. his did not. He in By the fact, smile on his face. Yes. That smile, which all I have to do is think about Rob's smile and I yeah. smile. His yeah. smile doesn't <laughs> light up a room. It lights up yeah. assembly hall. Yeah. Did 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 you did you have any understanding of like what was coming? Did you did you start to sense that Rob was about to have one of the greatest moments in Assembly absolutely Hall history? Nope. No, absolutely not. No, I thought the ball was going to Trace. I really thought that's who they were going to get it to was to Trace. Tanika, did you see? Because obviously we're watching it on TV. You're there. Mm-hmm. Did you see the smile on his face after he missed the shot? 
could you could you see it from where you were? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, of course, the the jumbotron. Oh, they showed after, it on the yeah. jumbotron. Oh, yeah. They did show it on the jumbotron. But then I could see him. I could and also see it. Did that fill you in that moment with like, oh, he he's OK right now. Like he's not overthinking it right now. He's, yeah. Yeah. Because that's how I felt. And I told Ward this. I like there was something that. different about it. It felt like this isn't over. We're in the past. Our team something bad happens and we all just think about the bad yes. and the bad compounds. This felt different. It, did you have any sense that at least forgetting about what was going to happen, did you feel like he's okay here mentally at least? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. When I saw that, I, I definitely saw it because he didn't hang his head down. Yeah. He kind of looked up, had a smile and, and got back ready to, to play again. But let me tell you what had me so distracted also. Yes. It's probably about, Gosh, I want to say two minutes, but I maybe it was closer to the one minute mark. The students had already gotten out their seats and started lining the stairs. And I was like, what I, do you realize how many minutes we have less yeah. and how close this game is and how this could turn either way? Like because they were you guys storm the court, right? They weren't gonna leave, yes. they were gonna storm the court. Yes. And I was just like <laughs> What are you guys doing? What's going to happen if if we don't win this game? Like, you guys are already in the middle, ready to go. Like, get back in your seats. That's what I wanted to yell. Like, get back in your seats. But, um, yeah, they, they evidently, I don't know, they felt something. Because I know for sure at one minute they were already lining the stairs. Right. But um, I, I, for some reason, I really want to say it might have been around two minutes but yeah, so that was that in itself was also very nerve wracking because where our seats are, the family seats, the parents of players, we're right across from the student section. So, um, yeah, that was very, very nerve wracking. OK, so, so take us through the shot, like like the, the 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 emotions you felt from the time the ref handed Trey the ball and said, let's go. Like, take us from mom's point of view. It happened so fast. I still didn't have any idea that that is what the play was. I still had no clue, no idea. Um, it happened so fast. And um, when he shot it, it was like I held my breath. And when he made it, I started to cry. Uh -huh. um, very, very, very emotional. Very emotional time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very and emotional. Your family surrounding you uh, in that moment. Was what do you remember? Up. Yeah, what do you remember seeing in those seconds afterwards? Um, I I don't honestly <laughs> um, because I did. I started to cry and I just said like, "Thank you, Lord." And everyone around me, they were going crazy. They were screaming. My grandkids were up. They were jumping. And, you know, fist pumping. And so everybody, of course, around me, we're high fiving. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just uh, yeah, it was a moment. And like I said, it all happened so fast. And then there are several moments that still need to play out. Right. Yes, they make the absolutely. Three, they yes. come down. They, there's timeouts. <laughs> they miss the shot. They trace goes, makes two free throws. They come yes. down and they thank almost God make a for shot. trace. Thank yes. God for trace, because. I feel like Trace making those sealed the deal for all of them because Trace had only played 11 minutes. Yes. They were able to come together without Trace. 
And um, Trace is such an integral part to our team. Um, it, it was just really, really good to see them all getting together to make that happen. And Trace, you know, he took all of that in stride also, um, you know, and he had missed the free throws before yes, that. Yes. So it, yeah, that it was, it was just huge. That was just so huge. When the game ends, the buzzer goes off and there is this, I mean, it, just it bedlam. was so crazy. Did, was there ever, um, I mean, it was so nuts. I doubt this could have even happened, but I assume Robert knows where you are sitting. Uh, yeah. For him he, to turn and look. Did, yeah, he look yeah. did he look at you? Just to turn and look. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And there's times he'll point, he'll point up and, and he'll look, but yeah, he, um, the, the, I think to the emotion of everybody coming. And of course you see these crowds, this crowd of people coming towards you. Um, that in itself, cause I asked him, I said, what did you think? He was like, man, it was so hot down there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I assume well, he, you he stayed. got a little air conditioning when he was lifted above the crowd. Did, yes, you, did yes, you get just, to see that? I did. I was able to record it. I start, as soon as, um, Ivy missed his shot, I, I started recording. Yeah. And, I and started what, recording. what went through your mind when you saw his teammates and fellow students raise him into the air? Yeah, yeah. I think you were in the middle of a Hollywood movie. Yeah, it was. It was. Just, it was surreal. Really, it was also surreal, and it just made my heart feel good. Just because I knew what it had to make him feel. If I was feeling that, I knew what it had to make him feel. Um, just because, you know, like I said, he has struggled there, there had, and, and he says he stays off of social media and he doesn't look, but I know there's times that he looks and if he doesn't, he hears it. Um, the chatter, especially from the last two games, cause I'm pretty sure he only scored two, two games before in the last game before Purdue, he didn't have any. Um, and so there was a lot of chatter. There was a lot of, a lot of things being said, um, and so I know that that just had to make his heart feel really good that, you know, to know that there were people who are still in his corner, good or bad, um, that was still there and was supporting him and that he could be a part of that, that he could be a part of making that happen and making a difference for his team. So a moment like that happens, it's bedlam. They have to clear the court. <laughs> yeah. Robert has a lot of media responsibilities yes, after that. Yeah, yeah. When do you get to see him? What oh, gosh. is the it moment was, like when you finally was, see him? Well, you know, Robert's not expressive at all. And Robert is actually usually the last person to come up when we're over at Cook, because usually after the games, we go over to Cook and wait for them up at the top. Mm-hmm. And so um, all I could hear him saying was, mama, mama. And he came out the door. And so I was already right there waiting on him because I knew we would have to wait for a while anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just came. He gave me a big hug, hug. And I just whispered in his ear. And I said, I told you, all you got to do is believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, yeah, I know. And so I'm just my prayer, too, is that it just carries over, that he mm-hmm. believes that he he can do what he already knows he can do. He knows he's got it. Um, and that's not being haughty. That's just um, what it is, is that he's got it. He was recruited by Tom Crane first years ago. And um, there was a reason behind that. Uh, so knowing and just believing it, just believing that 
you know, every shot's not going to go in. You want it to, but every shot's not going to go in. And it's okay. If it's a good shot, then it's okay. And I feel like his coaches have, have really told him that Woodson, I know has told him, Hey, if it's a good shot, I want you to shoot the ball. You, you, you can do that. And you believe that you can, because I do. So I'm, I am just, I'm really, really, really grateful. I'm really grateful. Let's, let's take out of contention, your own children being born or your grandchildren being born. Where does that game, that moment, that shot, that celebration, where does that rank for you in your, in your life of, of all time greatest moments? Oh, it's up at the top, very top, because it's, it's even different than that Butler game because that Butler game, he was having an awesome freshman year. Um, so this is, is at the top because he's had to go through these struggles and he's had these challenges. And I feel like I looked at it and I called it like a rebirth, a rebirth, a, a renewal, um, a refresh, um, a, a new start, a new beginning. Um, there's, there's one picture that's out there. I don't know if you've seen it, that he's looking towards the crowd, but he's looking up and his hands are outstretched. Yes. And he said, he gives glory to God for it. And so that's what I see that it was like a rebirth, um, just like a refreshing for him. And so my prayer is that it just continues, that he just continues to believe that, you know, he, he can do it. He's got it and he can do it. Um, this makes me emotional because I, I, I just, we, Warden and I both have kids and you know how your heart hurts for them if something yes. is going wrong and a moment of triumph like this, which, which obviously it is an immortal, he has immortalized himself in Indiana University history. He will forever be remembered for this moment. Yeah. But you hope that also, like you said, it pays forward. And I don't just mean for basketball, I mean for his life. Absolutely. Because basketball isn't going to be the thing that he's doing in 30 years, at least playing Absolutely. basketball. He's got a whole life in front of him. He's a young right. man. And I hope that battling through these challenges and overcoming them and having that moment serves him well in his life. And I do want to say before we let you go, you know, uh, Ward and I have both had the pleasure of meeting Robert several times over the last several years. Well, let me say, I, I actually really only got to meet him once. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and we had not met before, and we were in the locker room, and he okay. walked up to me with that incredible smile and, and stuck out his hand and introduced himself as if I didn't know who he was. And <laughs> he was so impressive and just such a warm young man. You should be very proud of the way he Thank you. Him. Thank you. I am. I am. That, I, yeah, and just to echo that, uh, I've gotten to meet him a few times. We've had several conversations I got to chat with him in the Bahamas uh, okay. this past year. All right. All right. And there was a, uh, I think I told Ward this, there was a energy and enthusiasm to him that I feel like we didn't get to see much of the, the prior right. couple of years because yeah. of just the whole new environment. Right. But he, and we talked to the coaches, there is never a problem with Robert. He is such, and these are coaches that coach him now and Tom Ostrom and Archie Miller and the team that had him before they rave about your son. He has a level of maturity. He, uh, he looks you in the eye when you meet him, which is a rare thing for young people, Mm -hmm. but he has looked me in the eye every time I've ever talked to him. He is such a good young man. And he is the kind of kid 
that we all, I say kid because I feel like, you know, like I'm 44, he's a kid. Um, <laughs> we want to root for him so much because we love him. He is what we want representing Indiana. He's what we want to spurn his mother's alma mater, Purdue, and come down to Bloomington <laughs> and make the better decision. He is such a good person, which is Thank so much you. more important than how good of a basketball player he is. And that is due to how you raised him. And we, uh, we are so grateful to have him and you part of the Indiana family. That moment for him I, and you was echoed by the million people that watched it on FS1. Yes, and all the people that watched the clips after. We are behind him. We are rooting for him. And I, I just couldn't be more ecstatic for a young man that he got to live that and for his mom because we love you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it a lot. I really a lot. I have one more question. Yes. How important was it for that victory to occur, for your son to hit that shot, being a Purdue alum who lives in Lafayette? Like, you needed this. You oh, Absolutely. For the rest of your life, you needed Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. You know, we, we get, um, you know, the, the things they say, I'm going to root for uh, Rob, but I'm not rooting for IU. Well, sweetie, you're rooting for IU because Rob plays for IU. He's, yes. he's part of that team. So you're you're actually rooting for IU. But if that makes you feel better, hey, I'm okay with it. That's fine. Um, he's got, he, he has, he has a lot of support. It's not as horrible as most people would think. Um, we've been around here for a long time. I've got four sons. They've all played um, basketball, middle school, high school. And so um, they, people know us. We, we're, I'm, I, I love the Thompsons. Um, I love family. the Hunters. Robert has played, you know, against them for several years. Um, and so we've known, I went to, uh, to Purdue with Matt. So I, we know, we've known them, we've known the program. So, you know, it, it's not horrible, but yes, it's always makes you feel good. Um, my son that didn't get to come to the game, he was here and watched the game here. And so he called, he texted, and there were like some nasty little things going on at the at the sports bar. He was at watching it because there was a small group of them who were rooting for IU. Of course, yes. everyone else were for, for Purdue and they wanted to know who in the heck were they. And so <laughs> once they told, you know, he's like, uh, Robert's my little brother. Then it was like, ah, OK, so, yeah, it's it's been it's good. But, yeah, definitely a good feeling to be able to have. Yes, we can't let you go without giving us something that we can kind of tease Robert about something from his childhood. Is there a nickname? Did he have a blankie that he used till he was 15? Like, is there something goofy, silly about Robert Finnessy who does not seem to be goofy and silly at all, but is there something you got about him that we can have that we can tease him about? You know what? I'm going to have to get back with you on that all because right. you know, Robert is actually the, as a child, very reserved. He wanted to be with me. Um, he he really didn't um, do. Gosh, I cannot remember. He never got trouble. Oh, what? I cannot. Yes, I just thought about something. Yes, um, you have to ask him about the um, breaking the big screen TV and what happened with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that just came back to my remembrance. Cause we were joking about it mm -hmm. with my youngest son. Um, 
I think over, over Thanksgiving, we were all home. And so Robert, um, they were playing, uh, I guess, baseball with a ceramic, um, a ceramic, uh, gosh, I think maybe it was like a pencil holder or something that one of the boys had made for me. It was a ceramic like pot. And they were also hitting it with a bat. I was at work and my oldest, who's five years older, he was there with all of them. And Robert um, hit it and it cracked the screen on our big screen TV. And back in that time, it was like the floor model ones on the floor, real big and standing up. And so he actually went to go and start packing his things because he was going <laughs> to run away before I got home. So yeah, that, that we just talked about that. We just talked about that. Yeah. yeah. All right. That is yeah. perfect. We will definitely, we will definitely bring that up to him the next bring time. We talk to him. Him about, yeah, definitely. Uh, Tanika, thank you for taking this time. Thank you for giving us, putting us in your eyes and seeing this, this incredible experience through your perspective. We love you. We want nothing but the best for you, your whole family. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. That was a guest. That was a guest. I mean, before we move on to the next guest, it's just as enjoyable of a woman and a conversation as you can have, right? A a great case testimony to the wonderful IU family like she's a she's a part of that family been a part of that family for several years has persevered you know as as it's probably gone through it as much as any parent over the last few years and so for somebody who clearly brings so much joy to others for her to be able to truly rejoice after this journey um during this journey this journey's keeping going i i couldn't be happier for her I, I totally agree. I ran into her again with my kids at um, Indianapolis for the Notre Dame game. Oh, up at Notre Sure. And there was a barrier um, separating us. But even with that, she reaches over and big hug. And um, yeah, the warmth. And, and, and I go back to like, look, your kids are a reflection of you. And if that's the case, then she's one because he's a good young man. I mean, he's just a solid, looks you in the eye, shakes your hand like you said, introduced himself. Good young man. I watched him at the Fan Fest and how he interacted with people and the way he takes pictures with people. And he's been like that since he got there. And he's just a good young man that represents our university well. And I I just am so exceedingly happy that he had that moment. And I hope it continues for him. Uh, Well, and I will say this of Hoosier fans in general, or at least specifically the ones I know and was interacting with and texting with in the wake of that victory, that universally everybody was like, I'm so happy for Rob. Like we all have seen what he's gone through. We all know the potential he has flashed and that everybody as 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 much as maybe he has been criticized and uh, people have been disappointed with him being able to 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 really come through on a regular basis with those flashes we saw, like in the Butler game, to a person. Everybody's like, "I'm so happy for Rob." Yeah, I also How can think you not a, be exactly. I do think it's an interesting, um, not case study, but it's an interesting dynamic. The the idea that Roberts had success his whole life, you know, like she was saying in middle school and sure. high school. And never dealt with like big bumps in the road. And then he gets to Indiana 
and things start off great. And then an injury happened. And then another injury happened, you know, and those things um, dent that veil of invincibility that that I think some young men and young women have when they've had success their whole life. And now, wait a minute, now I'm not having success and things are getting in my way. Yeah. And how you process that is difficult. Um, and they're real people and they process it like real people do. And And he clearly has struggled with it. But again, I just go back to you brought it up right after the game, which I thought was so insightful, the raising the hands to the fans. That was, it was just such a different vibe from him. And cut from that, and I watched the game again earlier today, mm-hmm. he was doing it after every shot. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he did that like shot. four or five times down the court, and I'm like, "What? Well, like we like you do it once or whatever, okay?" But like he was systematically getting that crowd into it, and that's that's what I knew because it was as much as the shots were going in, I was like, "No, Rob is on a mission, and it's translating to these shots going in." But he's like, "I got this," and 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 when you know instantly the narrative of of the struggle he's been through and he's the kid from Lafayette and you see that playing out in real time i mean it kills me we weren't there i know it kills me but but it, it wouldn't have happened if we were there it we wouldn't have we would have been we would have cooled it that shot wouldn't have gone in that shot would not have gone in so Tanika's prayers mean a lot more than you and i being there that's you know what the she, truth you know what she prayed for us to not be there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's keep this party rolling and get another perspective. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. He's back. He's got the inside scoop on what went down in Bloomington this week. Eric, who is this very special guest? I mean, look, we all know who he is. He is a recruit that committed to Indiana for the class of 2023. But let's just focus on what he's doing with his team right now. Centerville High School, coached by his father, who we also got to speak to, who is a legendary coach in Ohio. I did a little bit of research, and here's what I can tell. They don't lose at Centerville. Correct. They have not lost this year. And I believe just yesterday, they they are ranked number two in the state. They played the number one ranked team in the state. I believe this is correct. And beat them. They are like 14-0. and 0. And they beat like the number five team in the country. They are ranked, as I saw, number seven in the country. They are like the dream team of high school. They're underrated at number seven. That's what I'm saying. They're underrated. Hopefully that ranking will go up. But all that matters to this guy, and we know it, is win every game. Play as best as you can as a team. And that's why we can't wait to see him in candy stripes. Please welcome 2023 commit to Indiana, Gabe Cups. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, you have officially set a record. We will alert the Guinness Book of World Records. You are the first guest on our show to be on multiple times without ever stepping foot as a student or athlete or coach or fan at Indiana University. So congratulations. Golf clap. Golf clap. Thank you. All right. Let's just get to this. You were in attendance for the Purdue game, or as we like to call them, Turdu. You were there. We want to get your perspective. Obviously, Indiana is a more recent um, part of your life. Obviously, you were recruited and you committed. But walk us through your experience walking into that building that day and, and what you saw and felt. Um, I mean, it was just wild to see. Um, you know, there's always a bunch of passion to every Indiana game. 
Um, but this one you could tell had a little bit more behind it. Um, so, I mean, I thought it was really cool. Just, I got there a little bit before the game, like an hour, an hour and a half before, and there were, um, you know, students lined up outside and everybody just waiting to get into assembly. So I thought it was really cool to see. Now, it was well known that one of your criteria in selecting the school you're going to attend was that it be a big time basketball environment. You've played in big time basketball environments, state championship games. Have you ever been in an arena that was that loud and that crazy during a game? Um, no, I, I don't think I have. I mean, that was definitely the craziest I've been a part of. And, um, you know, it just made me smile that I think that I get to be a part of that in the future. So as you're walking into the stadium and you see the students lined up and obviously the place is packed, you're there an hour before the game. Are people still, when you come to Bloomington, coming up to you, talking to you, asking for pictures? What is, what is the interaction you're having with fans at this point in your pre-IU career? Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that just like walk by me while I'm sitting behind the bench and they're just like, yo, what's up, Gabe? I uh, can't wait for you to be here at IU. And I'm just like, thanks. But, um, you know, some like I went to the concession stands and uh, a couple of people asked me for pictures, but, you know, it's good. That's good. Did you see anybody walking around wearing a human ant T-shirt yet? <laughs> Or we're going to have to wait for the the NIL deal. (laughs) Yeah, we got to wait for the NIL merch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to be the exclusive provider of the human ant T-shirt when Gabe gets to. That's going to be part of the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. Um, As a recruit, uh, do you experience the pregame the same way we do? Do you just go to your seats or do you get to like, see the coaches before the game do you get some backstage passes like what's going on before the game for you and your family um well we get there and um coach walsh usually takes us to to the locker room and we get to see coach woodson um before and just tell him good luck and um ask him how he's feeling about the game and then um, we go back to our seats and then we come in uh i think it's at like 42 minutes before before the game starts uh, coach Woodson and uh, Coach Wa or Coach Ya and Coach uh, Fife all talk to the team and like kind of review their film stuff and um, you know really get them ready for the game and so we get to and see you that get too. to see that you get to see that yeah how cool is just that and and have you have done that before for an Indiana game right yeah was could you tell that there was a difference in just the energy for this game compared to other games? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you could tell everybody was pumped up and they were ready to go. It's awesome. That is so cool. Now, when you're watching this as a guard, and so much of this season's been about Trace Jackson Davis for the Indiana Hoosiers, but this was the game of the guards. Is that is that something when you're watching that and, you know, this is Coach Woodson putting in the – the, the kind of play he wants to see moving forward. Are you are you watching it purely a, as a fan at any point like we are? Are you watching what's going on out there, figuring out, well, I would do that. Oh, what Rob did, that was great. I got to remember to do that. Are you are you filing notes away for when you show up? Yeah, I'm definitely um, looking at it at that perspective um, rather than just as a fan. I mean, um, you know, I, everything that Rob was doing um, – you know, to get buckets and 
um, you know, just put his team in a good place to win. Um, I could kind of see myself doing those same things and like making those same reads, especially off of ball screens, like, um, you know, just kind of picking, picking away at the game to see um, what he did well, what he missed, like everything. Besides, and we'll get to the shot, but besides the shot, do you remember a moment in the game that really like got you like, holy cow, this is insane. Like the energy, the atmosphere, was there one moment or play that you remember? Um, I mean, definitely the shot that Rob hit, but, um, I think also, uh, Trace's free throws after that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with just that much on the line and that much pressure, him being able to make both of those, I thought that was really cool to see and um, kind of everybody's breath of relief when he made both of them. Yeah. That, that you... was a collective sigh of relief across the country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, in some games, when you're sitting where you are, I know it's possible to hear a lot of what Coach Woodson and the coaches are saying. In a game like that, I'm not sure how much you could hear because it was so loud. But could you were you watching like the interaction between the coaches and the players? And could you hear anything that was being said? Um, I mean, it was really hard to hear anything. At some points, I couldn't even hear my sister talking to me beside me. But um, I mean, I definitely try to watch the interactions that um, the coaches have with their players. I mean, um, I want to I want to kind of picture myself in that in that situation and um, be able to react the best way that I could. Um, so I just thought, I mean, I think they do a great job um, with the relationships and you can tell they're close to one another. Now, speaking of relationships, it's obviously very important, the kind of relationship you strike up with the coaching staff and, and with the current players, especially the ones that are going to be there when you were there. But then there's also the conversation of your fellow recruits. And we all know that there was a, a recruit from across the pond, as they say, we're allowed to ask about this, aren't we, Eric? Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. What, uh, what, <laughs> I say absolutely like I know the rules. I don't give a shit. <laughs> what, uh, how, how, uh, how much fun did you have with Miro at this game? You guys sat near each other, next to each other. You had some conversations. What was that like? Um, it was awesome. I mean, he, he seemed like a really great person. And, um, I kind of asked him, like, uh, how things have been going. I knew he was kind of like on his little, American tour around all these um, really big schools. So just asking him about um, how he felt about all those schools um, and just kind of told him, told him what I think was really cool about Indiana. And, um, you know, the crowd definitely did their part. He just kept being like, man, this is crazy. This is awesome. You know, so I don't think it was like any other place in the country he's been to. um, Now this may sound really stupid to you, Gabe, but we're ridiculous and we like to know this. I know I have kids. And so I know there have been times where like I have friends that have kids like Ward, for example, he has kids. And there are times where like, we'll get together and like force a relationship between the kids. Like, Hey guys, this could be your friend. Like, you know, no, this is your friend. Yes. This is your friend. (laughs) You, you did not know Miro or I assume have any interaction with him before this Purdue game. Is that correct? Yeah. No, this is the first time I met him. So how do how does the introduction happen? Does Coach Walsh or somebody come to you and say, "Gabe, this is Miro, Miro"? This, like, how does that even work? And when does that happen? Um, I mean, I'm sure it's not an accident that we were sitting right next to each other. Um, <laughs> so, and I mean, him sitting beside me, I'm not gonna say like not say anything to him the whole game. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure Coach Walsh knew 
uh, what he was doing, sitting us both next to each other. And, you know, we're both pretty outgoing. So, and do you feel like it is your, like, like something you want to do and you do do, like you now are part of the team. You're part of Indiana university. It's future. Are you, are you recruiting now? Yeah, I definitely am. Did you get his digits? Um, I have him on Instagram, so I've, I've been DMing him. Great. great it's it's great. easier. Instagram is easier, right? Across the pond. It's like, and that's how you kids communicate these days. Yeah. You know, do, by the way, just out of curiosity, do you know what a rotary phone is? No. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So while the game is going on and Indiana is, is, you know, started off bumpy, but then starts to do really well. This again, I feel silly asking this, but I'm going to. Are you and Miro high fiving each other during the game? Um, we did we did a couple times. I mean, <laughs> we were just both into the game, got really pumped up. So we had to had to give somebody a high five because if I was on the court, I would have been giving dudes five. No, I'm gonna go away from the game just for a second. I did read a, an article about Miro's visit that said that you guys got to also is it maybe I'm if I misread it, I apologize. But that you got to spend some time outside of the game too. That you walked around campus, or or you were together on campus. Is that right or wrong? Um, I mean, we we walked to the concession stand at halftime. We spent some time like just outside of our seats. But yeah, got to got to spend some time where it wasn't just about basketball. All right, it was about Chick Fil A. Obviously, that's like <laughs> that's what seals the deal. Is when you say we have Chick Fil A in Assembly Hall. Yeah. Do, do, do they even know what Chick Fil A is in Finland? I mean, I that, that has to seal the deal, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So so then walk us through the end of this game. Your perspective when Rob misses the first three on the play that they ran for him, then comes right back and hits it. Walk us through your perspective on that and then the end of the game and what happened with the celebration after the game. Um. So when, when Rob missed the first shot, my first thought was, oh, they're going for the win. So... You know, that kind of says something about Coach Woodson. Um, if a coach tries to go for a tie or it goes for the win. Um, but then he missed that one, and I saw it went off for due. So I was, I was like, on the edge of my seat for what, what he was going to draw up next just because I think Coach Woodson's a really great basketball mind and can just draw up plays like no other. Um, so when he hit the one in the corner, I mean, I just went crazy. But there was, there was a lot of time left on the clock. Right. There was like 15 seconds, I think, so. Um, you know, I knew they had to get a stop. And once they did, um, and they fouled trace, I was hoping he could get these two to go. Cause he missed his last two. Um, right. so I knew the percentages say he would hit these two. So <laughs> I was, I was kind of, I was nervous, but he hit him. So it was good. And then, um, Ivy's three was so close to going in. I was recording it and like, I was looking at it through my phone and as it like swirled in, almost went back in and then came out, I, I just jumped up and like, I think me and Mira like chest bumped. (laughs) Yes. And then I like jumped, I jumped over the thing, like the railing and I found race on the court first and he like hugged me and dapped me up. He's like, let's go. And then, (laughs) and then I went to the locker room. I I didn't want to stay out there for for the whole celebration and get stuck in the middle. So I just waited for all the guys in the locker room. Oh, so wow. you, you, you chest bump Miro, by the way, I think it's hilarious. Miro's in the middle of the, the court storm. Like, I don't know if <laughs> yeah. you got to see the video, but he's on TV, like dabbing it up with everybody. 
and you you see race and then you realize oh hell i gotta get the hell out of here this could get dangerous you run into the locker room what is it like in the locker room as the players i imagine it took them a while to start trickling in but when they did give us your perspective on that yeah i mean as they just trickled in it was it was just everybody hugging each other everybody giving each other five and then when Rob came in, everybody just went crazy and they started having like a dance circle and stuff. And, um, you know, I, the reason I had to get off the court so fast, my sister, she's like five, three, like a hundred <laughs> pounds. She's grabbing my arm, like trying to hold on to me. So I, you know, I couldn't like go in the middle and she was just getting trampled, but it was cool in the locker room. It had to, it had to just be the most ringing endorsement for you of like, Oh, oh, I definitely made the right decision. For sure. Right. I mean, like, I just can't imagine a more fun environment to 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 look forward to. Like, that was that was everything you signed up for. And, and the thought was like, hey, Gabe, you come here so we can win big-time games. You know, this was the most watched game, college basketball game in the history of, of Fox Sports 1. You know, almost a million people watched that game. So I, I know you were already excited about attending Indiana University and playing for the program, but are you even more excited now? Yeah. I mean, it definitely was a reassurance feeling um, that I really love to feel. So it was amazing. You, you can see the joy and happiness and excitement on your face. So I, I hope that everybody listening to this also watches the video so they can see it. But when I want to go back to the locker room. What are you doing when there's a dance circle going on? Are you s- dancing? Are did you see Coach Yaz? What do you call it? The, the, the good, good foot, foot the, the good, good foot. foot dance. Did you? How are you interacting with the craziness that's going on in the locker room? Um, I mean, before the dance circles broke out, I was going around dapping people up and like hugging them, telling them good game. And then, um, as the dance circle went on, I did see Coach Yaz um, <laughs> do his little do his little dance. I didn't know what to call it. Um, good foot, but. I mean, I was I was kind of joining in on the clapping for the beats of the dance circle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, Yabe, you better put a routine together because when you get there, they're going to expect you to have something. You yeah. know, so you got to come up with your own. I feel I like there's some. some good puns you can come up with using your last name for the dance. You know, cups dance. Uh, oh, that's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, my cups runneth over. No, oh, let's boy. not do this. this is not going to be good. Um, <laughs> any other? Uh, were you there when Coach Woody came into the locker room and talked to the team a little at the end? Um, yeah, I, he came in and like asked everybody to get out, other than the players. Um, mm-hmm. But then when he when he got finished with them, you know, I saw Rob with the game ball when he was walking out. So I kind of had I had an idea of what went on, and then Coach Woodson went and got his interviews and stuff, and then came out and you know. Came and talked to me. It's like, what'd you think? It's pretty good. <laughs> Ready to play here? Yep. Wow. That is so awesome. Ward, you got anything else on the experience? Um, no, I just kind of wanted to know what's the what's the next big game on the horizon for, for you guys? Who's who's the the Purdue of your schedule you've got to take down here coming up? Um Yeah, we play we play Moeller on Saturday. Um, they're good, right? They're always good. Yeah. yeah, they're always good every year. And then we play uh, Mikey Williams' team on Monday. So, so we talked a little ones. in your intro. The season is going incredibly well. 
Um, you're undefeated. Uh, are you the kind of guy who, like this year, is it state championship or bust? Is it like that's the goal for this team? And if you don't meet that goal, you'll be disappointed? Um, no, I mean, our goal, we, we set out a goal every year. And it's always, it's never like win a, win a trophy or something. I mean, um, last year's it was to attack every opportunity with purpose. Um, and this year it's to not seek comfort. Um, so, you know, it's kind of something that if we do those things, then we're going to be, we're going to be all right, um, with how we play and how we perform. And it's something that the coaches can easily like hold us to a standard for. Um, so like when you say the coaches, like, it's not the guy to your right right now. <laughs> shouting I'm making from the couch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, it's something that they can hold a standard standard with and um you know it's something that we're not focused on the outcome we're focused on the process boy this dude is already media trained i mean (laughs) what is going on way too mature way too mature uh gabe i think something we're all looking forward to though is having that winning pedigree i mean you guys win all the time when you see iu come through in a game like that after the years that have, have been happening, how like how important is it as a basketball player, as a basketball team, to win a game against an opponent like that? Like, what do you think that does for the mindset of this Indiana team for the rest of the season? Um, I mean, it definitely boosts their confidence a little bit, and um, you know, I think it shows that even with um, like just kind of a trust between between everybody just with Rob stepping up in that game, especially. Um, and Xavier played really well too. I mean, um, I think that just builds that trust even stronger that, you know, the next guy is going to have your back. And um, I think it's going to do really well for him as the season goes on, just that, that trust and that, that, um, that confidence in themselves that they can get it done against anybody. We'll have a whole team of human ants before it's over. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Gabe, I'm curious if any of the coaches at Indiana, how have they stayed in touch with you since your commitment now that you've got like 14 games under your belt? Are they watching games and talking to you about, hey, what they noticed? Are you working on things specifically in practice and then implementing them in games that they've talked to you about? Um, I mean, Coach Coach Walsh always calls me um, just to check in all the time. And uh, him and Coach Woodson, uh, usually like text me on game days, tell me good luck and stuff. And, um, I mean, when I go to the games, um, after coach Walsh is always like telling me like, did you see this or did you see that? Um, just to kind of put those thoughts in my head about what I need to be able to do at that level. Like, like, did you see what Rob did here? What X did there? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And coach Cliff has also been, has also been texting me about, um, what he wants me to be doing for, um, kind of my nutrition and um, for like this after this season for kind of my my lifting, lifting right. stuff to get big. Listen, no BS. How tall are you? And six don't, give two. Me, don't give me the program height. I want the real height. I'm six, two. You're six, two. I like yeah. that. That's good size. Is dad to your right? Yeah. Dad, is he six, two? Yeah, with shoes on. Yeah, with there shoes on. There we go. There we go. Well, look, you play the game with shoes on. I play on. basketball with shoes on. I've always told him. You play Amen. the game with shoes on. You know, just uh, uh, this is apropos of absolutely nothing. But when I was a kid, uh, 
I was not allowed to buy the Nikes or like the expensive shoes. And there were there was like some shoe uh, innovations that came about when Ward and I were kids. One of them was the Reebok pump. I don't know if you know about the Reebok pump. Yeah, I've heard about them. But there was a lesser known one that I was able to buy because they were not expensive. It's the worst shoe that's ever been made. The name of the company, first of all, was L.A. Gear. I don't you probably have not even heard of that. But here's the innovation that they came up with. They put a catapult in the shoe. So when your heel went up, the catapult activated and was supposed to give you more vertical lift. I bought the catapult L.A. Gears. Did not help the vertical one bit. That That is weird. I've seen some insoles now that are supposed to help you jump higher, but I don't know about catapults. Yeah, you don't want it. If, if you don't need a catapult in your shoe. By the way, we have seen some highlights of you. And obviously, you know, Indiana fans are watching everything they can get on you. Everything. Every it's clip got, that's it's on It's kind of weird and creepy. It's kind of weird and creepy. <laughs> but you've thrown down a couple this year in gameplay. Is that a new addition to the game? And is it something that that you're trying to show off a little bit here? Um, yeah, it's definitely a new addition. I mean, last year I didn't – I don't think I attempted one. But, um, I mean, I've been dunking pretty easy, especially during the summer and stuff. But now that, now that the legs are kind of in season mode where it's just a grind, I'm not getting up as easy anymore. But so those, those early season games, they were, they were pretty easy. And I got to ask this because your dad's right there. I noticed on one of those dunks, you talked a little smack after and you got teed up. Dad, <laughs> what did we I, think about that technical? I didn't say anything to him. Just a disclaimer. You stared him. You arrested, stared at him. I looked at him. And which I think <laughs> you gave him the stink eye. Okay. Here's my dad on what what he thinks. I want to know about that play from dad. Yeah, he just needs to get back on defense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's Gabe, right there. Gabe, thank you so much for taking the time and your your busy season, your busy schedule. We're we're all rooting for you through the rest of this big time year. And man, if if we uh, weren't excited enough to get you uh, to Bloomington, we're we're even more after knowing just you being in the building helps this team come through on big time wins. Just your That's very right. presence. We can't wait until it's actually out on the court. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Can we can we ask one question to put him on the spot? Go for it. Is Miro Little going to commit to Indiana? I don't know. We'll see. I if hope. you if you Slide had into to, his if, DMs, bro. If you had to put money on yes or no, you had to. You had a hundred dollar bill, and you had to bet yes or no. Where would you put the money? I would probably say yes. I mean, he was he was really amazed by the crowd. I love it. We'll I love it. it. All right, keep hitting him up on Instagram, buddy. I got gotcha. you. All right. We love you. And we can't wait to watch. That was weird to say we love you, but that we was do. a bit much. That it was, was a bit much. It was over the top. <laughs> Sorry, dad and mom. I know it's creepy Two mid forties guys say they love your son. Only one of us said that. No, he, we're, it's together. We're, it's definitely together. Uh, you be good, man. And hopefully we'll see you either in Bloomington or, or uh, well, hopefully we'll see you in Bloomington soon. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. That was a guest. That was a guest. I love you. Yeah, that was that was. I mean, the goons. It's one thing. They're affectionate Good guys, Lord, and we've known them for I years, and they're you. adults. <laughs> and we know them. Yeah, it is weird to tell somebody you don't know you love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
God. Oh, man. Or like, you know what happened? You know what happened? The, the, you're going to say it now. Like I you, crossed the Rubicon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, it's so often th- we hang up with somebody. We take that pause and you go, I just love that guy. Yeah. I just love that guy. But you you got there too soon and he was still on the call. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun on it. Now I feel like I have to apologize. I think oh, you're okay. Man. You called yourself out on it in real time. I think that, that definitely takes off the weirdness. Let's get another perspective on this incredible game. Yes, sir. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we've never we've never had a guest call in from here before where where uh, are we eric and who are we talking to oh we are live from a barber shop in <laughs> bloomington indiana with a gentleman who needs no introduction but he's going to get one because he did have the scout for the biggest game of the year so far where indiana university beat the turdue boilermakers please welcome as coach woody calls him coach rose yeah <laughs> What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Good. Live One small correction. Shop. One small correction from the introduction. It wasn't the, the game of the year. It was the game of the decade. <laughs> That's not a joke, y'all. You can go back 10 years and not find a better IU victory than what you guys pulled off. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm ready to move on, to be honest with you. I Good answer. It. I love it. I love it. Now, look, I, I'm not trying to divulge um, what we talked about, but you said something yeah. to me on the phone that that is worth talking about because it's where we want to be as Indiana Hoosiers. What did you say to me about this game? We're supposed to win. Yes. And that's how we feel. I mean, in order to get back to where we want to get to, we're supposed to win that game. It's a game we're supposed to win. We expect to win. We expect to win that game. And that's not being arrogant. It's on our home floor against our rivals. We're supposed to win those games at home. Okay, but now let's just go in the time machine a little bit to like 48 hours ago because the emotion was riding high, and we'll get to your little dance celebration after the game in a minute here. <laughs> but let's first start with the scout. Can you can you talk to us? And we're not gonna. I'm not asking you what you scouted because we're not gonna give it away because we have to still play those sons of bitches again. But Explain to those of us who, who may not know, what does it entail when you have the scout for a game? What is an assistant coach doing when you have the scout for a game? I probably looked at about six games, six of their games, uh, try to figure out what they do offensively and defensively. Um, kind of see their tendencies are coming out of timeouts, which is hard for them because Payne was a very good coach. He kind of switches stuff up from game to game. But, you know, just trying to give our guys as much as they, as much as I can without overloading their mind. Because I believe you overload the mind, you slow the feet. So just giving them, you know, some things that they could, you know, that, they, that they'll see. And, and, you know, it was on them. You know, I don't think our guys wanted to lose. I think they got tired of losing. I think they played hard. Uh, I think they do play hard. You know, that's a really good team. I think we have a good team, too, and we got a group of guys that, you know, I, I feel like they're on a mission. I don't want to speak too soon. I don't want to speak to them, but the feeling I get is they're on a mission. They're on a mission to try to change the trajectory of where Indiana's been going. You know, because they're they're the guys that's kind of been taking the brunt of all the, you know, all the booze and all the, you know, the naysayers. 
Which sure. is fine because, you know, like you always say, that winning is expected at Indiana, and we expect to win. So and I think we're trying to instill that in those guys. Not to say that Archer didn't instill it in, in these guys. Sure. You know, you just got to get the best out of these guys, and they, they did it. I mean, it was, it's a tribute to our, our team and our players. I'm in the, I'm in the barbershop right now with Big Mike, and Big Mike plays some big minutes. Yes, show us Big are. Mike. Show us Big Mike in the chair real quick. Let's show us Big Mike. Let's see how I can turn it. Big Mike. There you go, Big Mike. Look at Big Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Getting it right. Getting the hair right. Hey, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you give Big Mike some love for the minutes he pulled in that game? Because, you know, Rob, obviously, big story around Rob. Axe had a great game. Trace not being in at all and then showing up at the end. Michael's one of the, the unsung heroes. Give him some love to the listeners. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Mike uh, Mike did, did what we brought him here to do, obviously. You know, he hadn't been able to play a whole lot of men this year. He's coming off of injuries. Mike was ready. You know, Mike was ready. He took care of it. He got in there, played D, you know, made some timely baskets, made, made his free throws, uh, and just did a great job. Against their bees, because you know both of their bees was a load. With Trace being out with fouls and you know not being a hundred percent, Mike did did a great job. Yeah, you have been around college yeah, basketball uh -oh. and in college basketball for a long time, uh, and you've seen many games. Mm -hmm. Where where does that atmosphere mm -hmm. and the buzz in the building rank in games that you've either coached or played? That's probably one or two. Um, the year, I think it was my junior in college, we beat UCLA at Matt Court. So Matt Court is not as big. as It's, it's definitely not as big. But um, I've been in some really loud games at Matt Court because it sits right on top of you where the rim is shaking and it's loud. And, you know, UCLA was number one. One year we beat them, they were number two. But there's no fan base like Indiana. I mean, that's just... It just is what it is. And it was electric in there. The students were rocking. Even some of the older people were rocking. They were, you know, they were excited. You know, um, I, I was, I was, I was so happy for our guys, even happy for our fan base. Because, I mean, rival games mean something. I think that's the first thing I said to the guys. I mean, my rival in college is Oregon State. I hate them. I hate them. I don't, I, I don't, I don't care who they're playing. I mean, they could actually be playing Purdue, and I hope Purdue beat them. Like, I hate that. <laughs> right. But that's how, that's how rivals are. And you don't want to lose rival games at home. It's just something you don't do. You know, well, for your school, for bragging rights for the state, this is what you don't. This is, you know, you just don't lose at home. <laughs> well, look. Exactly. Look, we know, we know before the game that someone or someones on the coaching staff called attention to a tweet sent out by Purdue University, a picture of Assembly Hall of our home court saying feels like home, listing how many games in a row Purdue had won in Bloomington. Really? Is that part of scouting? Is that part of no, scouting? I, no, I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. Really? Uh-uh. All right. Well, good. You don't need it. No. No, I didn't see it at all. Are you just saying you didn't see it, but like, are, are we too? I don't think I, I don't think our guys, saw it. We, we never mentioned it at all. Oh, 
Interesting. One, one of those urban legends that we were all too happy to uh <laughs> to grab. No, we didn't see it. we didn't talk about it. I mean, we just talked about like we talk about every time we play at home. We take home nothing elaborate, you know, just hey, we don't lose at home. And we don't lose to Purdue at home. I mean, that's what we've been saying all year. We just don't lose at home. I mean, even when we play Marshall, Merrimack, you just don't lose at home. So we're just trying to defend home court, take care of business at home. And that's not trying to downplay the Purdue game because we, you know, obviously Coach Woodson has been in those games, ain't lost very much to Purdue. You know, I think it meant something to him, obviously, because, you know, he wore the red and white. But at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to get these guys to understand, man, we just, we got to expect the win. We're a good enough team to expect to win. I, I love that. Uh, got, I say I hope there comes a point in time where we don't rush the court when we beat Purdue. Right. Because people used to rush the court when they when um when Indiana lost when I was growing up. So obviously it was a big win, the crowd and everything. So and that's what we're trying to get it back to. Where Indiana is top ten in the country, top fifteen in the country, and we're winning ball games and taking this program to where it used to be. I I respect the approach that we don't lose at home, whether it's to Marshall or Merrimack or Purdue. But it's funny, I follow it pretty closely, and I don't remember seeing you do a dance in the locker room for Marshall and Merrimack. Okay, so the guys are in the locker room dancing. And what happened was I was uh, summoned to come do a dance, so I did it. <laughs> What do you call that dance? I don't know. The good foot. I just good call foot. it the good foot. Yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, yeah. How how do you as a coaching staff, after a big game like that, get the team to come off that high and focus in on the fact that just a couple days later, we've got Michigan, a big game coming in? How do you get them grounded hey, again? You just got to keep working, man, and and – Always trying to get them to realize that we expect to win, man. We expect to win. You know, I think that's that's been what we've been trying to do all year is get these guys to believe, believe that they can win. You know, you got to believe in it. So, I mean, we got Michigan tomorrow. We had 24 hours to celebrate, and I'm sure everybody celebrated. I got texts. Coach got texts, and, hey, it was, a, it was a big game. It was a stepping stone in what we're trying to do for the program. But we got to go get Michigan. You know, that's, I keep telling these guys, and this is something that I've been telling them, you know, we still got to kick this wall down. We still got to kick this door down. You know, we got a couple of dents in the wall, but we're trying to bust it down. We got to break through. You know, we got to have a breakthrough. And I think these guys want to have a breakthrough. I mean, think about Rob. Think about some of the some of the things people have been saying about Rob. And for him to come through in that game, you know, hopefully that's a stepping stone for him to give him confidence. You know, it's all about these kids. You know, you know how I am about kids. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's all about these kids, man, trying to get better and trying to have some success here because they haven't had a whole lot of success and for the standards of what Indiana had, is. You know, they haven't had a lot of success. Totally. But they've had some success in their, you know, in their career. But just where the standards are for Indiana, they probably looked at it not having any success that they, you know, that's expected, sure. even from themselves. Well, I, I got to ask, when Rob makes that shot, is there is there even a moment for you as a coach on the bench where you can be like celebrating? 
happy, excited, joyous, or do you just immediately go to what are we going to do going back down the other way? Oh, oh, the haircut's beginning. <laughs> Miller, Miller always teases me because he's watching him say, folks, you never get excited. And it's not that I don't get excited. I'm excited. But it's just I try to stay calm. So I was really excited for Raw. I actually didn't really get to see the shot. I saw the ball go in because Coach was in the way. (laughs) (laughs) So I shouldn't see it, but I was happy for him. And then immediately he was like, okay, we got to get back. What are they about to do? They didn't have any timeouts. You know, so, and the ball almost went in. I almost hit that. Um, Let's not think about that. Coach. Mm you i know and ward knows um how much you care about these young men and making them like you said getting them better having success fighting through challenges oh, oh look at that look oh at my that God, look at this love that love that that <laughs> is a get classic it. say hello to b man it's what's b. up b <laughs> clearly I mean, that is ha- a classic the hair looks pretty tight as is i mean i but you got to get it real tight for tomorrow's game huh got to get a haircut b always teased me he told me i wasn't here last week Oh, well, maybe you I should try to go get back there. Just keep it growing, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I want to ask. So, so, you know, a lot has been made about the kind of paternal instincts that coach Woody has and the feeling of, of being like a father figure for a lot of the kids on the team. And, and that we've heard that from recruits and families. Um, clearly when you're a coach of young men, that just is something that kind of happens a lot. But for you, there was someone in the crowd who has a very paternal feeling when it comes to you, and that <laughs> is your father was at the game, correct? My, my dad, my dad was at the game. My dad what, was at look the at game. that big smile. What what was that like having your dad there to watch you do what you do and watch the the results of the work you've been putting in? It was it was good. You know that was probably the first time. That's the first time my dad seen me coach a game live. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's his first time. I almost think – no, you know what? No, it's not. It's not his first time. Uh, let's stick but with it was. It's a better story. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I had to think about it. But it was just – it's always special when my dad's there. You know, that's the guy that put the ball in my hand. Um, my dad coached at Tennessee State for eight years growing up. All right. Big Mike, Mike, Big Mike leaving. Let's see. Big Mike, uh, what's up, buddy? Uh, 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 Looking good, brother. Um, so it was a special <laughs> moment for him and my little brother to be there. Um, so, and just, you know, my dad won a national championship at Vincennes. People don't realize that. Wow. I did not know that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, so, uh, and, and have you been able to hang out with your dad a little bit the last couple of yeah, days? Yeah, I have. I was so tired the other day though, but I have. <laughs> tired the game, day, I you were tired today. You fell asleep on me when we were going to talk to you. I know it's been a long two days, man. Trying to, <laughs> you know, trying to get these boys back going, answer all these texts and, you know, you know how it is. You've been around us. Yeah. Coach, how much does a, a win like that mean to you on the recruiting trail? Uh, I think it means a lot. Obviously, uh, I think I saw something on Twitter. I think uh, it was the most watched game in the history or something of Fox yes. Sports. FS1. Uh, yeah, it just means a lot because, you know, we need the fans. We need we need the, we need need all we can get to get Indiana back to where it needs to, where it's supposed to be. In my opinion. All right, listen, we don't want to bother you too much. You got a haircut to get right. You got to come up with a new dance for tomorrow. You've got a lot of work. No dancing tomorrow. No, no, no dancing tomorrow. Fair, fair. I, I like this. that. 
This is this is breaking new ground on podcasting, though. We have never done it live from the barbershop. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Hey, we're here. You know, we appreciate you guys and appreciate the love you guys give. And, you know, obviously we we built a, a bond and, and a, a great relationship. We can always kind of be honest with each other, which I like. You know, I always yes. try to be as honest as I can without giving away what we're totally doing. You know, but you know, I'm always down to talk to you guys. You guys are some of the first guys that, you know, gave me a little shit when I first got hired. But <laughs> you guys, <laughs> you guys are always true with your words and honest. And we broke bread together. So that's that's always it's always a testament to me of a friendship that we're building. I, I agree. And I do want to say this, and I know you're way too humble to accept it, but I don't care. You're going to have to listen to it. Look, you've had a couple big scouts recently. You had the Ohio State game, correct? No, Kenya had the Ohio State oh. game. I had Minnesota. Minnesota. And then I had Purdue. Yeah, I had Purdue. Purdue and, yeah. Um, who had Nebraska? Nebraska was Dane. Dane, Dane. was Nebraska. Um, yeah. This game, you're right. It's another game, and we need to get to a place where we as a fan base expect to win these games, and we're not rushing the court, and I believe you guys are going to get us there. But this game means a whole hell of a lot, yeah, and I think you know that to a lot of people that follow Indiana who come to these mm -hmm. games, young, old, coast to coast, some in other countries. And I'm we've gotten to know you personally, and we really respect you and like you. And I was really happy that I found out that you were the one that had the scout for this game because that defense and what we did to bother them and the pressure that we put on their guards and made it hard for them to get the ball in, I know that some of that came from the scout. You're way too humble to take the credit for it, but it made me happy to know that that was just another added wrinkle to this. And we're just so happy that you're part of this team and this family, and we know you are going to get us back. So uh, get that hair right, and let's just keep going. We're working at it, man. We appreciate you guys, too, and all you guys do. And, hey, give, 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 some, give a shout-out to the guys, man, because they, they work their butts off. They've been working. They've been – listening to everything that we asked them to do. Um, they've been a team and they, they, they believe, you know, they, they want, they want to win as bad as the fan base and everybody around Indiana wants to win. They want to win too. And they, they always trying their hardest, you know, and I think I can, there's no X's and O's without the Johnny's and Joe's. So at the end of the day, yeah, I watched the game, but I didn't play one minute of the game. So those guys, they executed the game plan and, you know, we beat a pretty good team. Well, really good team because, you know, they've done a good job. I know that's our rival and we don't like to give them too much respect, but they, they, they're they a pretty good team. Hey, uh, you said the barber's name is B? Yeah. Hey, B, I'll give you $100 to carve my initials into the back of his hair. <laughs> he said he'll give you $100 to carve your my initials in the back of my head. His initials in the back of my head. $100. EP. Just put EP 100 bucks. EP. He said he's going to give you $100. <laughs> yeah. All right. Coach, thank you, Coach. Thank you, right. thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was so fun. That is the most fun we have Indiana fans have had in many, many years. Thank you for that. And we expect it again tomorrow now. Hopefully we have more to come, man. That was a guest. That was a guest. He is just such a affable, likable, um, grounded human being. He's got he's got this dichotomy where he's sort of this this he's got this playful 
side to him. He's Mr. Goodfoot. He he like kind of like pops his head in and and has sort of this mischievous grin. But then he's also like dead serious about making Indiana a top 10 basketball program again. It's it's a great combination. Yeah, he's a killer. I mean, he's he seems like just a killer, both both on the court and uh, in the recruiting world, you know, where he is just busting. By the way, I wish that was a 40 that you were drinking. I it mean, is. that's what it looks like. It is a it's 40 a, of what? It's a 40 of unsweetened Trader Joe's green tea. I mean, you are so L.A. You are so <laughs> fucking L.A., man. Oh, I, mean, I, I did learn a new term. What? California sober. What does that mean, Ward? It means you 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 don't drink alcohol, but you smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of us. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, look. Um, back to ya. I just I love that he gave us time at the barbershop. I love that we got to see Big Mike uh, getting his hair right. For sure. Uh, I just I every time I talk to ya, I, I like him more. Um, he just gets it. He gets it from being a student of the game, truthfully, from being somebody who loves the game. And I don't just mean the actual like pure game of basketball. I mean, like the history of basketball, the teams and the coaches and the players that have made basketball what it is. And he knows Indiana is one of those central teams in the story of college basketball. And coach Bob Knight was, you know, there's a couple big chapters on coach Knight in the history of college basketball. And he has a tremendous understanding of it and a respect for it. And he expects to win games like that. And he wants to impart that feeling to the players and the fan base. And what, I love that. What is, I think, fascinating to me, and you're kind of just holding your breath to see if it'll happen, is how do you, how do you go from trying to get guys to believe they can win to crossing that that Rubicon, that threshold, that Ooh, barrier. I thought you were going to say Rubicon. I like that. I like you using cross the Rubicon. Well, let's let's try to incorporate it every show. <laughs> <laughs> let's change the name of the show to crossing the Rubicon. The, the Hoosier Con. But but Ward, you know how you do it? You, you win, win that game. Yeah. That, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think, OK, Ohio State's nice, but we've we've had comparable games, you know, like through the last few years, games that were like, wow, we beat Michigan state and they were in the top 10, but it didn't end up really meaning anything. And so it's, it's still a, a, a little, it's, it's definitely, you can't determine anything yet. We could revisit this at the end of the year, two years from now and have a better sense of was this game a, a watershed or was it just one great game? Was it but Michigan we, state with Archie? You yeah, know? but we certainly all can hope right now at least through <laughs> tomorrow the, the tip off against michigan that not only was this one of the greatest games and greatest nights of basketball we ever experienced as indiana hoosiers um but that the importance of it only grows in time because of like that was it that was the tipping point where the guys went from from trying to believe that they could win to knowing they could win well, and, and I do think it's why this Michigan game, and again, I know that we are recording this before the Michigan game, and we're going to release this after the Michigan game. So either. But we will have done an intro already. Yes. Knowing what the result of the game is. Our show is very much like the movie Tenet. It's just, <laughs> we play with time. You don't know what the fuck's going on. It makes no sense. It makes no show. sense. But, but it's why the Michigan game is so big. Because to me, 
You learned that you could close out that game against a major team, and then you come back and you win again right away you don't let the emotion of that game overtake you you don't get caught up in the hype you come out and you give just as much energy and just as much fight and just as much grit and by the way rob Finnessy's not gonna score 17 points in the first half again that but Look, but that's not what it is it's this, the fight we've been talking about uh this jekyll hyde aspect of the team up until the purdue game uh of Wisconsin or Syracuse like uh, one half we look amazing and world beaters the next half we look really terrible and okay so now we had uh and and against Ohio State too more of a of a consistent effort in both halves enough to the point where we won both of those games against ranked opponents and and rivals okay uh great we've shown we can play a good enough 40 minutes to win but now can we do that two games in a row? Can right. we do it three games in a row? Because ability, great, fine. Everybody has some ability, potential. Everybody flashes. But the difference between average teams that can have good nights or good teams that can have great nights is if you can be consistent with what you do well. And when things aren't going well, still find a way. You know, like still find a way. Trace when Jackson shots aren't went falling. out. Yeah. What, what's up? When shots aren't falling, which we know as a team we are going to be susceptible to, that's why that's why you, you, your foundation's defense, at least with a, a roster like this. When shots aren't falling, or the opposite, when the other team goes on a hot streak and hits four or five shots in a row, that you don't crumble, that you don't fold. And this Michigan game is so massive because of what it says about the Purdue game, because of what it says about the team and the makeup of the team and how it is hard. These are human beings. I was talking to my parents today and I'm like, nobody knows anything. I mean, you have human beings dealing with real world, real life issues, and then they come together and play 40 minutes of a game and everything matters. You just don't know what's going to happen. I will say this though. I am not, I am not putting that much on the Michigan game. If we have a letdown and we lose this game, I'm not like, nope, it was all a facade. It was just a one-off. It's not going to be like that to me. To me, it- I'm not saying it was a facade, but I will be dejected and 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 I will be extremely disappointed if we don't come out and win that game. Absolutely. I won't. I I won't lose any sleep if we lose the Michigan game, dude. You you are California sober. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. I mean, I, I, I wait, I'm going to remember. You I think said you this. were straight up sober. And that is the problem. <laughs> I am going to remember you said this and play it back for you. If the worst happens tomorrow. Yeah, that's fine, because I can tell you right now, it's like, well, no, we just beat the fucking number four ranked team in the country. And look, a bunch of kids after 48 hours had a bit of a letdown. Boo hoo. Like, okay, if we lose the next game after that, if we if like we're dropping to like Minnesota and Penn State, if it if it if it unravels after that, I'll if we lose two in a row, I'll freak out. But if we have a game where where uh, we 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 blow it i'm not gonna like throw Dude, the baby you, out with the back i need to get Yah back on where he can talk to you about raising the bar of expectations back to where they were we would win uh, a game against you Purdue, and then you, you, up? you can't just debate me yourself no i can't because <laughs> he knows more and we need to raise the bar 
when we were in school and played Purdue or when we were growing up, you wouldn't be happy if we played Purdue and then lost the next. I'm game. not going to say I'm, I'm going to be happy. I'm just not going to freak out about it like you are. Well, yeah, freak out. That's what we do. It's in the title of our show and who we are. I, th- I just think of hysterics as funny. I feel like I'm a very rational, calm, even keel kind of guy, especially when it comes to IU basketball. I don't think that if we were thinking about what is the title for this show, we would have gone, oh, it's the Hoosier humorists. <laughs> I'm, I'm just the, 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 the even keel nature of myself just really translates to this team and this sport. And that is just I, such horseshit. You're not buying what I'm selling. You're the least even keel person I know. I am the least even keel person I know. <laughs> really? More than me? Mm-hmm. That's tough. That's tough. Right. Uh, it is tough. All right. Well, this is not the fascinating part of this podcast episode. Love Coach Yah. Love his attitude. Love that he wants to set the bar high and keep it high. And let's get another perspective on this amazing Purdue game. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's back. The controversial man. <laughs> he's here. We're, we're going to see if this gets better or worse. Eric, who is this? Listen, Big Ten Player of the Year, one of the best of all time, and definitely the most polarizing guest we've had on the show, and we've had Dockich. <laughs> so that's all you need to know about this guy. Please welcome our friend, who we stand behind, no matter what his opinions are, Brian <laughs> Evans. Now listen, before you even say a word, do not ruin our buzz. We are still buzzing from that game, and you were there. Give us your take. Great, guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Give us something. Uh, How was the game? I just, I'm hung up, man. I'm hung up. When I hear, when I hear that, you know, my intro is. It used to be so good, and uh, <laughs> and now, on my fourth time, it's 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 not so good. It's it's. <laughs> then I'm a polarizing, controversial, controversial. guest. Yeah. That's. That's disturbing. That's that's where you are. To be fair, to be fair, when we did that last pod with you, I I didn't think anything of it. Look at this. Look how he's making sure all the branding is visible. Aurora (laughs) on his head. Aurora on his chest. AuroraSleep.com. AuroraSleep.com. But look, this was was our brief exchange after the game over text. I texted you. Well, that was fucking awesome. You texted me back. Yes. Yes. Dot, dot, dot. It really was. So I have a feeling we're in for a good time conversation here. Tell us about your experience in Assembly Hall. Well, I'm going to tell you that I had a blast. I brought a good buddy of mine. We had fun. Um, I actually had some, uh, I went on with a uh, radio show, a guy named JMV, who's local in Indianapolis, who really does a good job. Um, on my drive down and I, I admitted to him that I was, um, I had some butterflies. Like it, it just, it does not feel like other games to me. Uh, there's a couple games a year that just feel different. That's, that's one of them. And, you know, you pile it on the O for nine and, you know, the, we're still trying to find ourselves and all that kind of stuff. And Purdue's supposed to be, you know, 
uh, this really great, you know, tough team. I'm not convinced that they're great by any means. I've watched them several times. I mean, they have a lot of pieces, and Matt, I think, does a great job. Um, but they're, they're, they're obviously a top third of the Big Ten for sure kind of team. Um, and I, I just thought it was going to take a huge effort. It was going to take, you know, a scrappy diving after balls. And um, if you had told me that Trace, and here, I, I don't sound like a broken record, that he didn't show up at all to play, that we'd have a chance to win, I would have I would have had a hard time thinking we could win the game. I'm excited thinking the the building blocks off of this. I, I hope it happens. I hope it plays out this way that we you know, we didn't have him at all. And other guys made shots and you know, I'm hoping that the the team and the the chemistry realizes, hey, and, and maybe even the coaching staff, we don't have to dump the ball in and watch him try to score by himself to try to win games. I Hopefully that was a, um, a big turbo boost for this team that, you know, he, he could be in foul trouble or be out of a game and we should still be able to put the ball in the hole. So it was, you know, I'm getting in, in the weeds. I had a lot of fun being in the building. Uh, I can't remember it being any louder than that. Uh, certainly they've, they've gotten the, you know, they've gotten the younger, um, you know, the student body closer to the court from, you know, back in the dark ages when I was playing, which helps a lot. Uh, but it was it was a ruckus crowd, man. It was it was a lot of fun, and and I, you know, when we were down a couple points late, I was not feeling too good just because we struggled so so much from the three point line. And, and when I was I was talking to people before the game, it was like, I really feel like we're going to have to win the hustle game, which we did. Uh, we we're going to have to shoot better from the free throw line, which we didn't. And I thought we were going to have to make threes, which. I was really concerned about and you know just Rob came in the game and just changed the game you know Xavier started off really strong and it was really just those two guys in the first half and then some hustle um it was a, just a ton of fun to be there and the fan base needed that so bad the the the, the, the fans needed it the team needed it um you know Woody's one and oh uh, we can put the Archie Miller um you know we could put the Archie Miller file to rest and move on. <laughs> what what did it feel like? I love that you had butterflies going in because I think people think of you as this tough outer shell. This guy doesn't have emotion. He's a, the Terminator. He's got a black heart. He just wants <laughs> kids to cut their hair. But this guy comes in. And what was the atmosphere like when you walked into Assembly Hall? We've all seen the pictures of fans wrapped around the building and stuff. Did it have a buzz when you entered the building that you had not felt in quite some time? Well, I'm not going to let you gloss over the first part of that. You sound like my wife. He's got a black heart. He doesn't care. He's emotionless. <laughs> Let's address that. Um, some of that's true and, and pretty accurate, which I think is, um, you know, I'm dead inside. That's that's a fact. Um <laughs> But at the same time, I, I, I did. I told him that, and I in one of his questions, and he he's been asking better questions than you guys have as of late. You know, with this whole uh, JMV. Are you visit. talking about JMV? Yeah, he asked yeah, me. He said, "Hey, he's you, a professional. Did you, get, did, did you ever get so hyped up that you had to like try to bring yourself back down to earth before a game?" Cause I oh yeah, I that's a great question. That's real genius. What well, God did he go to journalism school to come up with that one? Wow. I think he did. I think he did at Indiana State. I really do. I think he yeah. did. Yeah. Um, yes. But my answer was yes when I played. 
I said, I had, you know, the, the last thing I would do before I'd leave my apartment for assembly hall was I'd listen to, I mean, I, I'd get pretty amped up for, for big games and I didn't need to get more amped. I need to bring it down. I used to, one of my go-to songs was, uh, a whole new world, Peebo Bryce and little Aladdin. <laughs> um, and, um, he got wait, a kick out of it. He wait, was laughing wait, like you guys. Wait, how did you play it? What was your instrument of play? Did you have a Sony Walkman back in the day? Did you have one of those yellow athletic Walkmans? Do you remember? I, I had one of those in fifth grade, but not in college. I had a little, I don't know. I don't even know what you'd call it. A little stereo, a little jam box thingy right by my, my nightstand. Okay. I'd lay in bed and just try to collect my thoughts and listen to a little Peebo Bryson, maybe a little uh, Good Bry, Yellow Brick Road, Elton John. Ooh. Just trying to, those are my hype songs. Like, and I guess it was really trying to rein myself in. So he laughed at me. Um, but I know I'm, I'm being honest. I was, I just felt like it was a huge game for the program. You know, uh, you know, you start seeing people waiting outside of Assembly Hall and all day on social media. It was just like, wow, they really, really need to win this game. Um, that we would have lost so much momentum with the hire and the whole thing by going 0 and 10. And so thank God it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now, how many, if any, Purdue fans, Purdue people are in your life? Well, you know, one is too many, but I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. I mean, I live here, you know, here's the thing about Purdue. I'm sure I'll get killed for this. Um, they have their fan base is I'm positive of this, by the way, it's all of their alumni and people that live within about a 45 minute radius of Lafayette, 35, 40 minutes of Lafayette. And that's it. Yes. I mean, that's it. There's no national fan base. That's all they have. And they take it seriously. Um, they've got a good ball club. You know, they've got a good coach. I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with, Coach Painter, you know, I played against him. I've known him for a long time. Uh, my seats were really close to, not close enough where I could hear. It was so loud in there, you guys. You couldn't hear anything. You could barely talk to the person next to you. But um, I went to the Marshall game. We talked about that. And I could hear everything that Dan D'Antoni was saying to his team. So complete, I was in the same seats, completely different environment, which was really cool. Awesome to see the balcony full. It, I mean, it was shaking, guys. It was really cool and a lot of fun to be there. So what the people, the Purdue fans that are in your life, when a game like this happens, which we haven't had in quite some time, do you, Brian Evans, with your uh, pointed sense of humor, have a little fun with those Purdue fans? Or do you just, do you just take, no. the, take it like you're, you're, you're living the high life and we're not going to uh, acknowledge them? Not real. No, no. I, I mean... It's funny. I, I think they've been they've been riding so high for so long now that they're okay with us winning that game. And I think good Purdue fans are happy to see this. I mean, I, I mean, as much as they wanted to win the game, that was fun. And ever you know, college basketball. I think could you know if we keep this up, we'll start celebrating this rivalry again. Which I think Indiana and Purdue both want that. So. You know, I got some funny memes from some of the Purdue folks, and and some of them were kind of ripping, you know, funny ones that I'll, I'll send you an example, but it was pretty good. They're all pretty – the ones that are close to me, 
they're good about it. I don't rub it in. I mean, I, when we were beating them, I, I don't say anything. I just don't. Well, I don't I, acknowledge. I, I try not to acknowledge them, and I don't. <laughs> and I don't care for them, and I don't want to just be telling people that I'm friends with that I don't care for them. I yeah. try to just stay away from it. I, I I do have plenty of friends like from from you know in the fantasy football league from high school who are Purdue guys, uh, a couple things like that, and I gotta say, they haven't been rubbing it in my face that much the last few years. They just haven't. They could mm-hmm. have just totally been lambasting yeah. us game after game after game, and I really haven't heard much from them. So when we got this one, I was like, I I can't come at them. I can't come yeah, at them maybe. because they 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 had nine times in a row to just make me feel like garbage, and they really didn't. Uh, so well, um, you're I, both I don't more wanna, mature. Than I just I am. don't. I really, it's not that. I don't want to jinx us. I don't want to then like okay because I was such a dickhead after our win, we go and lose nine more in a row. Uh, Evans yeah. did uh, after the game when the crowd was storming the court. Did you make a beeline and get the hell out of there as quickly as possible, or did you did you hang around to watch the festivities? Um, I actually stood at the top of the stairs, and I I, don't, I think I was in section three or four. Um, I stood at the top of the side, so I'm at the end zone, and could either go down four or five steps and then out the tunnel and up, sure. or I could turn and go up those stairs. Um, I went up the stairs with you know whatever what the, the clock at 16 seconds i went up the steps i had a feeling they were going to run if we won they were going to run down and if we lost i it was going to take me 30 minutes to leave so i i trotted up the steps and watched the that last attempt um and i was out the door so i did not i mean i just don't care to see that i talked to alan henderson this morning and first thing he said to me was man did they do that when we played like it just there's there's a little bit of pit in my stomach when we do that because it just highlights the fact that they've been dominating us for so long. Guys like us, it's not just you know we hate Purdue and all that kind of stuff, but there's a little some extra pride. I don't even know how to describe it. That I hate watch. I hate when we did that against Kentucky. I know it gets celebrated so much. I get it, but I don't want to. I don't need to see students that were chanting. F this and F that the whole game, which I don't, I don't think was cool at all Mm. to see them run down on the floor. And I I just don't need to see it. All right. Well, look, I agree with you on the F this, F that. I didn't know that that was happening. I couldn't hear it on TV that I don't like. I've never liked that. I think, you know, coach Knight, when he used to hear stuff like that, he would get on the mic or run over to the the students and tell them, stop that shit. So I, I'm fully with you there. I am not with you on the court storming. I am with you if that became a regular thing, but these kids, Brian, that were storming the court. They have not seen us oh, no, no. beat Purdue. You missed me. You missed my point. I hear what you're saying. I don't need, and my point is, I don't need to stay and watch it. Like, I, I don't that. care that they did it. I just, okay. I, I went to Nick's and ordered a pizza, dude. I, I did. I mean, it was all good. I, <laughs> but, but let me I say this. I, I just didn't need to be there. I get that. But let me say this too. While I have absolutely no problem with it, and probably if I was there, I would have been on top of Trace Jackson <laughs> Davis's shoulders. But if whether he wanted to or not, but in a year, I don't want to see that. Like I, right. this needs to become commonplace. Like right. this needs to be. We're supposed to beat these guys, and I think when it does, 
which hopefully we are going to get there, then you won't see this stuff. But this was an explosion of emotion that has literally been sure. building up for, you know, since Crean's last year. Yeah, uh, that so there, no doubt. No doubt. No, and it's, again, even the Kentucky thing was fine. We hadn't won a big game like that since they'd beaten Michigan State and, and Kirk hit the big shot. So right. I didn't have a problem with them rushing the court. I, I didn't have a problem with them doing it the other day. It was more or less, I was like, all right, I'm, you know, you get out. we won the game. It was huge. Got out the door and it was great. So let me ask you this, both as a player and as a spectator, for you in person in Assembly Hall, where does this game rank in terms of atmosphere, joy, excitement? Um, great question. Well, I think way at the top. I mean, it was um, yeah, that Kentucky game was way up there just because the dramatic fashion of you know of knocking in a three at the buzzer against the number one team. That's huge. Kirk did the same thing. I wasn't at that game. I was. Um, I rushed the court. games that I've seen. And I wasn't at the Kentucky game. I was in my basement watching it. That was way up there for me. I was at the Duke game. I think we lost the game. With Marco uh, Killingsworth? Killingsworth? Yeah, yeah Killingsworth. Was that, was, that, was that Mike Davis still, or was that? No, Dave it Davis. It was Mike it was Davis. Davis. We lost that game. That, I sat at the scores table at that game. Uh, Rick Greenspan grabbed me, and I mean, I had, I was at a good, I had a good seat, but randomly came up, and, and I didn't really know him, and asked me if I wanted to sit with him at the scores table, and I did. That was really loud. I mean, that game was really loud. I think that was the loudest I'd ever heard Assembly Hall. We weren't – it wasn't it, – I mean, we had a great home court advantage back in my playing days, but it wasn't that loud. Mm. It was just a great home court advantage. And we had – you know, it was like the longer you had held your season tickets, the closer you were to the court, which also meant the older you were. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people that sat on their hands back in those days, If you know – you could feel the crowd kind of stir up if we hadn't, you know, we had four or five empty possessions and it, it was more or less a, well, Bobby's better get those boys planned kind of thing, you know? <laughs> and, and to your point earlier, the students, because we were students then, we were up in the balcony. Like that's where they put the majority, you know, of students. Yeah. They had a couple that were behind the baskets, but also Brian, back then when you and I were teammates uh, playing for IU, that, there was an expectation that is much higher than there is now. So the the bar for getting excited and getting that loud uh, was just different. I mean, there was, there was an absolute expectation that we win every single game at home. Now we want to win every game at home, but there was an expectation. So it wouldn't get that loud. I have been told by other people that when Marco Killingsworth dunked it in that Duke game, that coast to coast dunk, that that was as loud as when Watt hit his shot. And that th- those are the two loudest moments in the history of Assembly Hall. I would I would have to go along with that. I mean, it, I mean, I, it was really loud that day, and, and it's been so many years. I can't, you know, it, it. I just know that it was really, really loud when he when he took that ball. That was a play that the place exploded. Um, and you're right. I mean, it, you you know the the students sitting in the balcony was just you know, and we hey tip your hat to Fred Glass, man. He he left a, his fingerprints on that. I think bringing the students and, and creating that big student section, although when they're they're out of town on break, it looks really bad. It makes yeah. Assembly Hall look really bad for those games. But the rest of them, I mean, that, you can't tell me it doesn't help um, create a, a tougher home court advantage. Now, 
I'm not a fan of. I mean, and the students. I mean, w- there's an idiot that threw a water bottle on the court. Totally could have been a te- could have been a technical foul at the most critical situation. I watched a. I'm sitting kind of near the band, and, and it wasn't a band member, but they blew up those kind of long, skinny balloons that you, know, you could tie, and they busted them out late in the second half, and they just started chucking them. Idiots trying to throw them onto the court. And I mean, I got a guy's attention and kind of gave him the, what are you doing? Yeah. Like uh, one of the balloons got on the court and the guy was just sitting there, just some super nerd, just picking these balloons up and chucking them on the court. And like, what are you, go back to Briscoe or what, what, what are you doing here? I mean, we're trying to win a game. I mean, honestly, we could have got a technical foul. Yeah. And it's just somebody that does not belong at the game. No, I agree. Ward. And, I mean, there was, I'm telling you. Ward. I have hypersensitivity to young kids being around me, uh, or be, just being around. And because I, I think I had this when I was a player, it's not just because I have children. You know, you, you just don't behave like that when there's kids in the building. There were so many fu chants, fu iv, fu. I mean, over and over and over. Don't need I, I was sitting next to a a ten year old kid, and the parents are covering their ears. It's just no. There's no reason for it. I mean, it's it's silly. I, I agree. Agreed. I want to follow up on what you said about you texted uh, or, or were talking to a former teammate, Alan Henderson, this morning. For fans, a game like that becomes, you know, several days of celebration as it has been for Ward and I and our friends as we talk to each other and text with each other. But has there been a little bit more communication between you and other teammates since that game where you're just kind of like, uh, you know, it's nice to win these games that we should be winning again. Um, no, I, you know, Alan and I, as we started a thread this morning, it was more about uh, kids and hoops, and say, it really didn't have anything to do with the game. We we talked about it briefly, but um, no, not really. I talked to Hillman a little bit, but that's not uncommon for me to talk to him. Um, you know, I, I think as former players, we're all just we just want to see it come back and. Nobody wants to jinx it. You know, just happy that, that Coach Woodson started 1-0. And um, I know there's there's just a, a good vibe. Like, you guys talking to your buddies. I mean, there is a good vibe. It feels good. I, I guess I, I couldn't agree more. Ward, Purdue fans, they haven't abused me over the last however many years. And partly because I never said much to them, you know, if we were beating them up. But. It's a good rivalry, and it used to be IU, Purdue, UNC, Duke, and, man, we fell off the face of the earth. We cannot pretend we didn't. And now we don't get talked about on a national level. So I, I think both, both sides just want that to come back. Although it is a sleeping giant because that game I – mean, It's not even sleeping. We had a million people watch that game. That's the highest-rated basketball game in FS1 history, which is nuts. Yeah, I mean, Hold it's... How, but I, I got to ask a question. I saw that. How long has FS1 been around? Four days. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> when I saw that number, when I saw 954,000 people watch that game, I'm like, like I would have guessed maybe half that at this point. Because, yes, Purdue's having a good, a very good year. But to your point, 
they are what they are. They, they You don't have random people in Arizona deciding, hey, let's be Purdue fans and watch their games. But yeah. you had a ton of people show up for this one, and maybe some of it is like, well, uh, there's a new sheriff in town in Bloomington, and at least uh, IU came out in full force. But like to have almost a million people watch the game of, of two teams that haven't sniffed the Final Four in 20 years, I think that's kind of incredible. Yeah, well, well said. I, I I don't need to add to that. Can we, can, can we talk negative? I got some negative stuff I want to say. Oh boy, really? I was so just. About, I was oh, just. About I, I, you to know say. what? Our next caller is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thank you so much. <laughs> Wait, no, we can't. We gotta give us one negative thing, and hopefully, we disagree with it. Hopefully, give us one negative. Whose hair did you like? There's what, what? absolutely. Well, let's talk. Let's touch real quick. Let's talk about hair, and you can edit this out. I don't care. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's not what we do here. I, because I because we went, haven't figured out how to edit. <laughs> I went to a high school basketball game last night for the first time in years. Carmel High School versus Pike, and guys, this is not racial. It's both sides, both teams, all players. The new thing is to have a just a massive mop of like ungroomed hair on your head. That yeah, I don't like it. Anybody taking offense by whether or not I like long or short hair is crazy. Like I don't like long floppy hair that that that's all over the place. And I that's so that's you my don't choice. you would like Trey Galloway to clean it up a little bit. His isn't. He did get his cut. His looks. I mean, I pay close attention. I pay close attention to the hair. <laughs> sure. His was moppier last year. I mean, he, he's well. The beginning it up a of this year, two it weeks was, ago, two weeks yeah. ago, yeah. When he came back, his hair was a mess. He's got more of a nine hundred two one zero hairstyle, a little Luke Perry action going from back in the day. Well, that's Ward. Um, that's yeah. Ward. Yeah, Correct. look at Ward's hair. I mean, come on, that is nine hundred two one zero. That's true. Yeah, that's true. No, I, I actually that's <laughs> that's the thing now though. These big mops, it's crazy. Yeah, it's no good. Uh, were there any rap songs played last night or at the Purdue game that really offended you? No, no, it was great. And it was um, it was great, guys. The environment was so good, like uh, timeouts. And it was just it was like humming the whole time. Like it was just a ton of fun to be there. You know, and, when you're watching a bad game, they have to come up with space fillers and try to make something more attractive than the, you know what was on the court. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, negative. Let's get negative. Okay. Yeah, sure. You cannot. There's no way that you're going to disagree with this. This was, this shocked me. Now, it all worked out. I cannot believe after the first half of basketball and, and just, you know, we're down 10, we make substitutions, we get to up 12, we finish the half up nine, we go in. We come back with that same starting lineup. I about had a heart attack. Yeah, I, yeah. I almost had a heart attack. I said, I was sitting with my buddy, and I said, this is going to be real interesting. If we start the starting lineup, I'm this elite is going to evaporate in two minutes, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, I'm not ready to say that they're complete zeros, but Stewart and Cop, I mean, they, if they put those, you know, the uh, plus minus up for that game, and I'm sure we could hunt for that box score. I'm going to say that those guys were minus 20 or more in that game, and Tennessee and Galloway and um, 
Tennessee uh, was Geronimo. like plus 15. The, the starters yeah, lost. The starters lost to the Purdue starters, bar none. By 20. And then, yeah. And then Tennessee and like, uh, um, I think Galloway, those guys were all like plus 16, plus 17. So the, the thing I couldn't believe, though, and on top of them not starting, and that was, again, that's kind of a hallmark of Coach Knight back in the day. Like, if you come in and you pretty, you're playing the first half, more times than not, you're going to start the second half. Um, sure. Again, that, I'm not. I just can't believe he didn't pull the plug quicker. Um, I think you could go back and look. I was paying close attention to it. Uh, what's his name? Finnessy came in at like 13 minutes and 14 seconds to go in the second half, and Galloway was like 12 and a half minutes, and the lead was gone. I, I just don't know why. And Stewart was getting. If you go back and look, Ivy when he got off, it was that first seven minutes of the second half. Parker Stewart was just. I mean, he, he was like. I'm not going to disagree with you. Ward and I were freaking out on text about the same exact thing. <laughs> but let me play devil's advocate because I was freaking out. But we won. And can you see like a method to that madness where we're all like, well, if we just kept the guys in who were being the most effective we would have we would have increased that lead. We would have had more of a cushion. It wouldn't have come down to the wire. Or could an argument be made was like, well, Woody really knows what he's doing, and these guys were fresher and were able to pull it off at the end because they still had some gas in the tank. No, yeah, it could be. I, I, I mean, he knows his team, and I'm not I'm not putting him on the stand. I just as a fan was really interested to see what he was going to do in the second half. And for sure, I thought he waited too long. I mean, for sure. I, when, when the lead went from nine to two in like two minutes, I, those guys would have been back on the court in, in my mind because that could have kept going. Yeah, now, in <laughs> fairness, from... in fairness, it did go back up with most of the starters in except for Trace because of foul trouble. But the lead went back. It went down to two and then went back up and then kind of came down again a little bit. But I agree. Look, I, I can't. Ward and I talked about this. Sports are so much luck. If Rob Finnessy doesn't hit that shot, Evans, and we lose, then all anyone is talking about is how we blew the lead in the second half. And why did we come back with the team that didn't, you know, uh, that didn't create a lead? And why did he wait so long to bring in the guys that did? That's the storyline. If the ball is one half inch to the left, right, forward, or backward. Like, that's what happens. Or, or if the Ivy shot went in at the end. Exactly. Then the narrative totally but, changes. Know, the, the way I looked at it was we had a, um, if you look at Tennessee's career stats, we had a 25% chance to win that game. And we got lucky. <laughs> That's right. And we did. And I'll take it better to be lucky than good. Let me ask and, you one more thing. Oh, we're going to have one more. Coach Evans. Coach Evans. You just... This is your team. You saw what your team did. What What are you doing moving forward? What's your starting lineup? What's your rotation? How do you glean um, what worked in this game and and move it forward for the rest of the season? So we're we're a better team after this game than we were coming into it. Yeah, good. Uh, you know what? Number one, I, I got to say Xavier has got, been getting a ton of heat from a lot of people. Um, we might have got run off the court had he not played the way he did the first t- eight minutes of the game. So totally, and there, with that kid, there's just a toughness that people can not, 
you know, love that he's always in the right gear, maybe. But, man, he's a, he's a tough kid. And his picking up full court is a big deal. Uh, so really impressed with the way he brought it. I mean, he's never been a part of that rivalry. The stage was really, really big. And the dude, dude scored 10 points in the first five minutes. I mean, without those, who knows what happens. Um, Amen. I mean, either the, the, the kid that stood out maybe even the most, outside of Finnessy just having a career game, which there's no doubt he did, is it's time for Trey Galloway to be a full-time starter. Mm. Cop or Parker Stewart, you pick. Uh, to me, they're the same guy. Um, slightly different hairstyle. That To me, that's who those two are. <laughs> one of them needs to sit down and split time with one another. So Cop and Stewart, split time. If, if they both have to play, I'd be trying to find a way to play the lineup that was that was Xavier, that was Fantasy, that was you know, and, and if it's a game that you know that's too small of a lineup with Galloway out there too, if you just get too small against certain teams, then maybe you're not going to play Xavier and Rob at the same time. But it looked good enough to me the other night, and I, but I think Galloway's a guy that's to, is you know to come back from his injury and not be really rusty and take a leap, and, and again. I trash these guys for just poor shooting, you know. He he does not look good from three at no. all. No, um, not his. The thing. shot he did take hit like underneath the rim. It was it was a strange <laughs> and should never it was have a taken. Strange it. ball flight should never have taken. Correct, it. but um, throw that out the window. There's leadership, um, sophomore leadership uh, from the guard position. I think is a big deal. Um, he's comfortable on the court. He he was. I could see him bringing the guys together. He's got that coach's son's mentality. You can see it. I'm and impressed with him. I was just going to say, also, Warden and I talked about this. Like, Xavier Johnson is a dynamic player. He's really fast. He can do some things that other players can't. Trey Galloway is a dynamic player. He's athletic. He has a lot of energy. When we have mm-hmm. more, di- whereas Parker Stewart and Miller Cop, they may be really good three-point shooters. They're not dynamic. They can't do anything else. So at least with Trey and Rob and X and, you know, those guys on the court and even bringing in Jordan Geronimo, you get this like energy that just picks everything up. It just everything goes faster. Scoop too. And and he's going to, you know, still try to find his legs. But I am surprised that what you didn't say as Coach Evans is that you would play this in the locker room before every game. Let's let your heart decide. Yeah. You know what? It is a whole new world now. We're 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 one for our last ten. It's a whole new world. It is one a whole and new o, baby. world. Woody is one and oh as cut. And it's a whole new world when Brian Evans comes on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast and everything is happy. I mean, we're just, I know there was a little negative, but you've got a smile. There's a glimmer in your eye. We can tell you're Thanks. in a good place. You got Aurora rocking on the hat and the jacket. You are happy. Indiana is coming back, and you are on the train, baby. Hey, that was fun. Hey, listen, I want to be positive. You guys, we had a good talk last time. That was a great podcast. I don't know who your fan base is, who your listeners are. A couple willy-nilly guys out there. They got upset. <laughs> it was their fault, not mine. 
I truth tell on this show. Yes. And I don't think I was too harsh. I was just being honest, and I don't like the hairstyle thing. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, it's, Fair. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a racial thing at all. I wanted to clear that up because that, that's not fair for somebody to have heard us and try to, to deduce that. that. That's not accurate. I agree with you uh, 100%. Total and total if anybody bullshit. remembers what Brian Evans looked like in college with that haircut, how could you ever, ever argue that he's a guy that would appreciate long hair? Mr. He clearly, High and Tight himself. I mean, he looked like he looked like Vincent D'Onofrio in Full Metal Jacket. Like it's that's a $5 what, hair, hey, it's a $5 haircut, but that's better than no haircut. And these guys have no haircut. Fair <laughs> enough. Thanks for joining us. You're the man. We love you. Happy AuroraSleep.com. Ward, Eric, thanks. Good we'll talk, you, brother. Do it again soon. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Look, here's the deal. We've been wanting to just go full goon on this show. For years. Eric, do you want to tell them specifically which goons are here today? I do. And I also wanted to say uh, a little different than your intro that we knew the day would come when we would run out of guests. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know it would be in January of 2022, but here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard us talk about the goons for years now. Please welcome. From New York, New York, Steve Dodato and Cliff Moskowitz. Hey, boys. Hey, fellas. Excuse, excuse my voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, listen, we have on this, this specific episode, we have talked to a recruit who is in the crowd. We have talked to an assistant coach. We have talked to Rob Finnessy's mother. We have talked to the legend Brian Evans. And now we get to talk to two rabid fans who made the trek from New York City to be in Bloomington for this game. So we want to live vicariously through you two on this trip. Steve, walk us through getting to Bloomington. You got there on the day of the game, correct? First of all, what a what a disappointing end to this to this well, episode. Well, we put you at the end because everybody has tuned out by now. Okay, that, that makes sense. This We're the only people listening. This is just for Mike and John. Uh, yeah, so so Cliff and I flew in from New York, uh, from JFK. We got a 9 a.m. flight. We got in at like 11.30. We put our first few drinks down on the plane on the way down. And uh, so we were rip-roaring ready to go, you know, before noon. We got into Bloomington probably before 1. Um, we ran into a little speed bump once we got into Bloomington, actually. Yeah, I lost, I lost my ID, so that was an issue for a little bit. Where was it? I, still, I have no idea. I still haven't found it, yeah. So were you panicking on how you were going to get back on a plane? Yeah. No, no actually. The only well, thing he was well, panicking about was how he was going to get into the bars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the real concern. <laughs> were you worried that they would not let you in? So I have a, I'm an attorney in New York and we have a, an ID with a picture ID with my date of birth on it. So I showed that to everyone who looked just perplexed by what that was. <laughs> uh, but it, it worked. So um, no issues. What's and, the first you bar you went to? You definitely look so young that like th- they would have questioned you otherwise. Thank you. Yeah. We, sure. Well, we we had we 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 had a little bit of a rough start. Now we started to get worried because we kicked it off. We went to Kilroy's, 
closed. <laughs> Went to upstairs pub, closed. <laughs> and we started to get worried that Bloomington was losing it. But then when we finally went to Nick's, because, you know, the downstairs is always open for food, the the uh, person at the door said to us, yes, it's one o'clock on Thursday and everybody's <laughs> in school right now. So the bars are closed. <laughs> yeah. So so we kicked it off with a, with a nice little lunch at Nick's and some sink the biz. Now, Cliff, we don't need to get too graphic about it, but you you were having some speed bumps yourself. You weren't feeling so hot. Was that from the early plane drinking like did you have some sort of stomach bug you you uh i was afraid you weren't going to make it to the game from the oh no that's 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 just game day anxiety man that's just what happens to me i get nervous you know is that right and that's what happens yeah (laughs) ball games concerts um, that's how it rolls uh i i would like to read i would like to read the text exchange if i might uh (laughs) I texted the group and said, how does it feel? You all there yet? The response from Cliff was, currently, it feels like I need to take a shit, but I'm in Nick's, question mark. <laughs> then Steve, which which also begs the question, does he not know for sure if he's in Nick's or if he should take a dump in Nick's? You could read it either way. Both. <laughs> well, no, I, I was asking somebody who I figured was probably experienced with the situation what they would do. Do you go back across to the graduate? One hundred percent. Like okay. and then Steve won't let me go to the hotel to take a shit, but I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said hotel shits are allowed. And Steve responded, Cliff is currently working on number five right now. <laughs> That's what that's when I started to get worried. Yeah. Yeah. Ward did question five of what Steve <laughs> clarified. Uh, and then you apparently did make it back to the hotel because the next text from Steve is I can hear him groaning. It's disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how your day started. Uh, we were very we were very we were very nervous. But <laughs> I, I gotta say, that's the most nervous I've been for an IU game in a long time, too. I I was sort of like I had 15 minutes before the coverage actually started because yeah, we tuned in and it was like tuned in right on the hour. But oh, the game doesn't start for 12 minutes. They're still talking about some Big East game. So I, I found myself walking around, and that's when I put on my candy stripes and my I, I, like. I I had nervous energy. I had to work out. Clearly, we know how Cliff, how you work it out. Oh, he worked it out. Do you have a coping mechanism besides (laughs) drinking? Steve, do you have a coping mechanism? Oh, Cliff. Uh, No, I mean, listen, I, I, you know, we uh, sampled the adult beverages about town. um, And we just kind of talked about that. There was a palpable energy, guys. Yeah, really? so yeah. talk about what, that. When what, did you start feeling so, that? A- after Nick's, we went back to uh, the hotel. We got our, our uniforms on for the game, which is uh, some blazers that we wear uh, for big games like this. And uh, once we left the hotel again, I'd say it was it was about 4, 4.30, maybe maybe a little bit earlier, Steve. Then people started piling into the town. You, and you could tell the line outside of Nick's before they even opened the door was like, down the block i was trying to meet up with evans but he was he was in there and we we just couldn't waste time waiting online so we went to upstairs pub before you got there though i do want to talk about your stay at the graduate because you did check into the stranger things room oh yes how was uh, this is your first experience at the graduate 
this was our first experience, the graduate. We, we, we traveled. There's about four of us. Steve and I didn't stay in the room, but our, our buddy <laughs> did. It was, it was odd. It's, <laughs> it's, it's cool for about 15 minutes yeah. and then it just gets weird. But how about the graduate overall? Did you guys like it as much as we did? It was amazing. Awesome. It's the, yeah. I mean, it's gotta be the place to stay right now in town. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So you, you come out at four 30, you feel the energy is palpable. Do you head into Nick's or you couldn't even make it back in? No, no there was a, there was a line down the street. So uh, where do you go? We didn't have that kind of patience. They went we up. just went to uh, upstairs across the street. And that was packed. Packed. Students, um, you know, fully decked out, doing the whole thing. Everyone was rip roaring, ready to go. Honestly, it felt like we were back in school. Mm. Um, and careful and everyone was just so excited i mean <clears throat> you guys know we're we're dying to get a to beat purdue to get a big win to you know all of it every you could feel how much everyone wanted that practical question here about the 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 pre-gaming that you do one thing i always had to be careful of and i often failed in it was pre-partying so much that you don't make it to the game that maybe you do make it to the game, but you don't remember that much of the game. There was a game. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Cause as we, you guys have already been on the plane at Nick's before the hotel. Now you're at upstairs. How much of what you're about to tell us about your game experience is reliable. How much do you really remember? And how much have you just pieced together later? Lord, we are, we are we've very trained for this our whole lives. <laughs> We are very well seasoned. <laughs> All right. What time do you leave upstairs and do you Uber it over to the game? Do you? Yeah. Uh, I like to do the walk no matter how cold it is. I like to walk and smoke a cigar before the game. But we, but how we did you Ubered it, it because we uh, we had tickets that will call that we wasn't through us. So we, we weren't 100 percent confident about it. Add to the nerves, you know, so we just yeah. wanted to get there, make sure we had the tickets. Otherwise, we would have. Had to call you and figure. and also it was it was fucking freezing too. Yeah, sure, <laughs> it was sure. cold. But here's something that here's something that I haven't experienced much when we're walking up to the assembly hall. This because it wasn't like this when we were in school. You know, we used to get tickets and they would just rotate your tickets around the stadium. Right. You know, now with this lining up, I mean, it was crazy. And then as we were online, the will call line. I don't know what happened, but I guess they start to open up like different doors and the students just run like it's like a mad rush to the front door for them to get in. I heard this. I heard it was a safety hazard. That it, it was crazy. I took some videos because they're doing all general admission tickets for the student section, right? Like you just you get in when you get in and, and you the earlier you go, the better tickets you get. So they were waiting to go, I guess, to like the north lobby or something. But the line was crazy. And then word opened up that doors opened early. And so the students all left the line and sprinted to these open doors, which I've talked to several people who said they were really worried that somebody was going to just just run directly through glass paint. I mean, they were or get crushed. So you guys are at line uh, in line where inside the uh, uh, inside no, the hall outdoor. They have like we'll call ticket windows. Got it. You're at the south and, line and just like start streaming towards us you know we didn't know what was going on. i had no idea what was going on i mean i thought 
somebody was there. So, you know, someone famous. Like, I don't know what it was. It's John Mellencamp. They were just trying to get seats, basically. <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's great because, I mean, you guys know how many times have you seen, like, oh, the students are late. The balconies aren't full. You know, we need more out of the students. But those kids were pumped, man. It was rocking. They were in there early. They wanted to be there. You know, it was. Where were your seats? So just talk to us about walking into Assembly Hall. It, it was like just like elect, like there was a buzz going on. I mean, it, like of all the games I've been to, I would say from wire to wire, I've only been to two games that kind of like felt similar. We went to uh, when we were students in school, we played Duke. They came in. It was the Marco Killingsworth game with the dunk. And, you know, that that place was just going crazy that night. Of course, we lost because we were there. It's because Marco Killingsworth was our best player. Marco Killingsworth was our best player. But, you know, everybody, that's that's a famous moment. And that game, I mean, the place was insane. And then we went back once for a game. I think it was the 13 team, Steve, uh, when they were we were both top fives ranked. And, uh, yeah, we beat them at home that year. I think it might have been a 1-3 game. They might have been Michigan. Michigan, sorry. Michigan, oh, yeah. yeah, that was huge. We're, wasn't that the game where we came out absolutely on fire from three? Yes, I think it was. I, was that, that was one where Oladipo almost like threw back yeah, that, he, that sick Yeah, dunk. from Jordan Hulse. Yeah, yeah. That was sick. Okay, so, um, so we did our normal thing. We get into assembly all. We'd like, you know, we take some pictures of all the, you know, shit on, you know, on the walls yeah. and the pictures and the, the statues and whatnot. And we get our seats, which are like 10 rows up center court. I mean, like awesome. high five and everyone around us, you know, <laughs> everyone was amped. And then, amped. you know, the intros were all psyched tip off, go down seven, nothing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get there, hold on. Any no, luminaries we, around you? Any? Did you see any former players? You seen? We, we met up. Players? We met up with Rabbi before the game. Does that count? Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. We, we met up with Rabbi before Leech the game. The a little bit. Yes, Leech in the elevator. Um, yeah, Le- by the way, Leech was supposed to be on this episode and then just ghosted us today. <laughs> so who knows? Yes. I asked him if he had any more eligibility because we could uh, use him to bang. And <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. Um, well, but no, we saw Rabs, and that was pretty much it. But who, who, who's more, who's more famous than Jeff Rapture? On, on, on this one, on this call, nobody. <laughs> okay, now, but but one one more thing going into this game that happened that was kind of funny. So on the plane ride there, you know, Steve and I were checking Twitter and uh, reading some articles and. You know, we two two things happened. First one is uh, another podcast uh, put out a tweet and said like tonight's going to be a Rob Finnessy game, right? And then right after that, we were reading in the Peaks preview, and they were talking about because of the size of Purdue, how Durr's going to have to play a lot of minutes tonight. And Steve and I just looked at each other and were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> we, <laughs> what are we?" Either one of do? those two things are true. <laughs> we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so. so the buzz that you felt leading up to the game and the the whole um, atmosphere, you said, you know, it went 7-0 them. Did you feel the energy get sucked out of the room? No, the no. energy didn't get sucked out. The, the, first of all, the students in this game were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard, you know, even you on this podcast say, oh, well, we need... Uh, a DJ in assembly hall. Okay. Oh or, 
Um, you know, other other commentators have said, oh, it's the, the East Coast. Too many East Coast people come to the games. That's why there's no pop anymore. Yeah, like you. Yeah, right. But let me tell you something. The student section at this game was just un-freaking-believable. Standing the whole time, loud, jumping up and down. They knew every everything to throw at Purdue, but the DWIs and whatever else, you know, <laughs> shenanigans they were getting into. I mean, it was they, they were just really, you know, credit to them. They were awesome. So take us through what what the feeling is because it Rob didn't start doing his thing till a little bit later in the half. It was X who actually kind of kept us in it. So are, are you like us? And I guess like basically what were you feeling when Trace Jackson Davis went out? At that point, are you like we're screwed? Well, uh, my my go-to feeling when I watch any sort of sporting event and the team I'm rooting for is playing, I'm like, we're we're losing. We suck. <laughs> the other shoot, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. This is terrible. And he goes out, and I, I'm not a fan of the kind of auto bench and like keeping guys in, uh, kept on the bench when they're in foul trouble. <clears throat> but I was like, this this is a disaster. This is a disaster. But for some reason, I'm like, we're we're just fighting. It was it was just I'm telling you the crowd. Yeah. It was like buzzing, and next man yeah, up. Yeah, there was there was there was definitely a little bit of balloon pop when Trace went out. You know, from us, Steve was you know talking off the ledge. I personally, I'm you know not a fan of the saving him to the last five minutes because I don't think those five minutes are any more important than you know whatever minutes in the game personally. But, um. They just kept coming back. And as soon as Rob hit that first shot, we just looked at each other. We're like, is this, is this gonna is this gonna be the game? Is this gonna happen? Because the way he hit it, it was like, if I recall, I think it was like a step back three or something like that. Was it wasn't that the first one he hit? And it was it was just nice confident. Like the way it went in. Yeah, confident. Rob is the kind of guy, like the kind of player where you know if he's gonna be awful or amazing in the, the first like two minutes, two, he's uh, he's on the floor. He's either going to like wildly miss a shot, turn it over, or he's going to hit a three or take it like a nice drive to, to the hoop. And he comes out, makes that shot. All right, maybe we got something. Hits another one. I think we might have something here. And it just <laughs> kept coming. Kept coming. Could you feel the belief swelling? Because yeah, the, the buzz was there, but it's a very different thing when 17,000 people really start to believe. Yeah, was, man. Was that with Rob's shots? Would you say was it that with early? Rob, they were just defending. It was, it was so and, and, much. It was Rob. I mean, Rob, you know, he's the, you know, player of the game. But, I mean, it, it was way more than Rob. It was during given minutes. Trey, I mean, Trey, that – talk about knowing when to do – when to make a play, a steal, a pass – a bucket, a free throw, whatever, man, that he just has a nose for that. It's just, it's unbelievable. And, oh man, it was just, it was so fun. Like, <laughs> so I can't even explain it. And let me tell you something, you know, Trace wasn't playing. And I don't know if this came through on TV, but if you were, I was watching Trace a lot on the bench and he was the cheerleader the entire game. He was the first one off the bench, screaming, yelling at people where to be, cheering them on. I mean, he he really like he contributed so much more than 
the minutes that he played on the floor, the limited minutes. So, you know, he, he definitely deserves, you know, part of this win too. So you get to halftime. We're up by nine at halftime. You finally get to take a breath. Cause I imagine you haven't breathed for, you know, for about 50 minutes here. And what, what do you do at halftime? Do you, are you guys, guys that stay in the seats? Do you go to the bathroom? You go get, Chick-fil-A. what do you do? I, I, you know, I, I am, you know me, I like my, my Indiana merch. I like to check out, you know, the assembly hall store, which I forced Steve to go to with me. But we just had so much anxiety. We just walked around for three times in a circle, didn't look at anything and just walked right out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I was just like doing like the deep exhale, um, and but I knew I knew we were gonna get take a counter punch, you know. Sure. It's gonna it's gonna get close. It's gonna come down to the end, that sort of thing. Um, but no, the anxiety was high. But like I said, there's still that vibe. Everyone, you know, you know, when you go to a game at Assembly Hall and you see a lot of people like sitting down. Yes. And then if you stand up, you're like, oh, the people behind me are like, oh, oh you got to sit. No, Sorry to the people half. in section J, row yeah. 11, because we were in <laughs> row 10. And I just, I couldn't sit like the whole, like there was no point. And I didn't want to be rude, but I I just, I couldn't sit. Like I was too amped up and just but wasn't the game for was. sitting. But, but nobody yelled was. at me. Nobody yelled at me. But I could, you know, I could tell. And by the end of the game, we were all hugging anyway, so. And did you... <clears throat> Were you guys, because it's such a different experience when you're at a game as opposed to television, when television allows you to, you know, kind of take a step back. You're not focusing on the bench like when you're at the game. You see so much more, but it also means you're not as focused and you don't have the announcers who are talking you through things. Did you guys have this feeling of like, wait a minute, where's the lineup that just did so well in the first half? Where, wait, why is Rob not in? Why, what's taking so long to get those guys back in? Did any of that create any stress for you guys in the in in the hall? And did anybody else around you, was anybody like complaining? Like, put in Rob, put in Rob, anything like that? I, think that, that- I, I was complaining, put in Trace, you know, to be honest. I, I just kept saying, put in Trace, put in Trace. Like, why is he on the bench? We're, you know, we're on borrowed time right now. Put in Trace. But no, man, the, the halftime hallways, we, we ran into some people we don't even know are there. They're like our neighbors from when we went to school. We were all giving big hugs, you know what I mean? Slapping five, talking a little shit to Purdue fans, you know, let, that kind of thing. Let but me no, it was, wasn't a big buzz around of like, why isn't anybody in? Just like, oh, my God, thank God we made it to, to Trace getting back now, basically was the feeling, you know. We I, made I it. Just... We survived. Let's step back to the first half uh, for a second, because when you're talking about people standing up or you standing up the whole time, was was there was it already just happening? And so it wasn't necessary because something we saw on TV that I wish we could have seen the crowd's reaction to. And we talked to his mom about this was like four times going back down the court. Rob Finnessy was telling the crowd to get up. Yeah. Did what did did you see people like other people start to rise and a rise in volume? Like were people really I, 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 I thought people were up and he was just it was just like the same way Trace gives the flex after the, the basket, however you motivate yourself. He was just in this zone, Rob. And you know, he, he's not typically that emotional. You know, you, no. you don't see him like that. I don't, so I don't think he was necessarily saying like get up, you're sitting down. I, th- I think what he was just, he was just feeding off the vibe, you know yeah. what I mean? Just you guys feeding back and forth off each other. It was- I think the whole, yeah, the whole game, every, the whole, the place was just live. 
I mean, he didn't have to tell anyone to get up. We were getting up. That whole place was 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 rocking, man. So, so then, do you start to feel as things start to trend the wrong direction in the second half? Did the crowd waver at all? Did you guys start to waver? Because at home, we started right. to waver in our text messages. Well, well let me ask you: later. Could, could you, you know, some broadcasts you can feel the crowd. Could you feel the crowd on the broadcast? It wasn't great. No. A oh, little, okay. a little bit, but not towards point. Not, I mean, I think we are conditioned enough now to know, like, on TV. Oh, that's that's them getting loud, but you can't feel it anywhere close to right. being there. The, the and, levels, because I turn my system up, right, to try to feel it as much as I could. But the 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 announcers' voices, those levels were so much higher than the crowd voices. You couldn't really get moved by it. And I think part of it, a big part, is because, if I'm not mistaken, it was Jim Jackson, and I don't remember the play-by-play guy, but they weren't there. Right. They're at home, you know? Really? So so what you miss is the bleed of the crowd into their mics. that's terrible. It's a totally separate feed. So that, I do think, takes you out of it from home more because – no matter what they do to the levels when they're there in the middle of it, you get the bleed from the crowd. I mean, right. it just, it, it's there. Well, yeah. But also the announcers see. would be talking about the crowd and how, you know, what the crowd's doing, you know, we were also close to the student section. So yeah. um, real quick though, Ward, to your question to them, but did they start to lose belief? Here's a text from Steve. Oh, Steve. I can tell you, hold on. I'll tell you right Steve, now. Steve went negative. I, I, I stayed like, up. We're fucked. This game's over. We stink. Fire everyone. I'm leaving. I'm flying home right now. Here here are some of the texts. Uh, This one is when things uh, started to go downhill. Number one, things are not great. (laughs) That's the first one. Hold on. I'm going to read you more as we go here. Let's see the next one we get. Uh, obviously focused on the game and the rest of us going nuts. Um, Then this is one from Cliff who clearly checks his phone at this point and says, I don't know what these prior 63 messages say, but put trace in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So there, then here's the, here's some good ones from um, here's some good ones from Steve. This is trace now back in the game from Steve Dodato. If Trace wants to be remembered, dot, dot, dot. And then game over. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then, and then absolute loser move. Losers again. Unacceptable. (laughs) This game was right there for the taking. And the next two texts in the thread our ward, holy shit, and Mike Labrette, goon in in New York, wow, and then the the rest is history. So, take us to the last couple minutes of this. Game. All right. Well, needless to say, I started going negative early because uh, <laughs> that's just kind of me when it comes to sports. I know, I never I don't try to get too up. I do get very down. <laughs> but I felt like it, it did feel. The crowd wasn't losing it, but it did feel like the game was slipping away from us, right? Sure. 
I mean, Jaden Ivey is just ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, we don't want to say too many good things about Purdue, but that kid can ball, man. And he's, that's what a pro looks like. And that's yeah, what a pro looks like. Unreal. We did a good job on him for the most part, right? Trey annoyed him. We you did what you could, but guys are gonna guys that good are gonna get theirs. And you know, when when Trace Camp comes back in and then gets another foul, it's just like, oh my God, this is really I, you know, when I texted you, he wants to be remembered. I'm waiting for like the big trace, like alley oop, and he's gonna score. You know, the the block, and everyone's gonna go crazy, and it just didn't happen. And, I'm- and then, yeah, Steve started going negative, and then I was feeling pretty good about it. The thing I got nervous about though was when they put Trace back in at the end. You know, for his last run there, I got a little nervous that they were gonna start pushing it to Trace too much. Mm-hmm. And kind of like just now, all of a sudden, relying on what they hadn't been relying on all game and kind of get out of their rhythm. And they started to do it a little bit. And then Trace got fouled. He missed those buckets. And we were like, oh, God, free throws again, you know, just whatever. But, but, they you know, then, produce worse than us in free throws. Yeah. Oh, my God. So yeah. take us, take us through the shot. So, that when what was it Mason Gillis had had a layup right before that right yeah that's probably when I texted you game over <laughs> um and I think Trace gets open early on that on that baseline out of bounds yeah he was I mean he had a guy on his back but he could have been fed the ball for sure I, and that's I remember thinking like uh, he's up you know like he's open and then right when the ball goes to Rob and well, right, I, right, right, yeah. That well, when it for the first one, when it came, the one he missed. No, he missed one no, no. Steve's talking about the final play, but let, you okay. can back up and talk yeah, about the one because the first running. one he missed, he kind of had, the, and then we got the ball back. Yeah, kind of had this smile on his face, yes. and you kind of said like, I said in my head, I'm like, he wants another shot at this, you know, because he was like, he was like smiling about it. He was like. And it just didn't make sense, you know. We we talked to his mom about it, and she said that she could just tell that his body language the whole game, there was a different, as she calls him, Robert, that that it was different. And she talked about the conversation. She had a conversation with Coach Woodson the night before. And then that led to the conversation that Coach Woodson had with Rob. And uh, she did not tell Rob that she had talked to Coach Woodson. And after the conversation with Coach Woodson, Rob calls his mom and says, so you had a great conversation with Coach, huh? <laughs> so, but she said there was – she could just tell from his body language, and she talked about that smile. There was something different about him. He wasn't hanging his head when things weren't going well. Well, um, a couple things I, I wanted to tell you guys, and then you told me you wanted a song, so I figured I'd say it for this. But <clears throat> you can tell he was very confident, Right right out the gates, shooting well, that step back. I mean, you know, confident. He did that. He did that like twice, I think, in the beginning there. And I think that we've talked about this just generally this year, but the guys look like they're just having fun. Mm. They looked so like beaten down with Archie. And, you know, you could could see think about everything they're doing. Like, Okay, our defense, I think at this point, we got to say our defense is just legit, right? It I mean, is. This isn't Merrimack anymore. This is like we are in the season. 
our defense is legit. And you know what? I think they're just so relieved to just play defense, play man to man, old school defense, not think about where they're supposed to be with every different situation. And, you know, it takes seven years to learn a system and all this. <laughs> no, they just look like they're playing basketball. And they know, they know Woody's going to love them. Yeah. They're not worried about getting yanked and Archie, you know, yelling and stomping his little feet and whatever. <laughs> they know Woody, they know Woody loves them. I did see a great uh, uh, quote on on Reddit that somebody was like, isn't it nice that we finally have a coach that doesn't look like he got wedgied in middle school? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those were the last two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Rob misses the first on a great play. Wide open, by the way, wide open. But then the ball bounces off of a Purdue player. We get the ball. And they call a timeout. And they set up a play. The timeout felt like it took forever. Yeah. It, it just felt like forever. Like, I just, just do it. Just, just let me know. Is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Like, just <laughs> fucking play this play. I don't, you know. All right, Steve. So walk us through again what you were saying that you saw Trace get open, which he was for, for the first action on the play. He was open. And it happened so fast. I was like, but it, 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 he's open. Um, and... <laughs> And it didn't go to him. It went to Rob. And, and I, you know, when you're at a, a, a game and the shot's going to go up, you hear like the whole crowd, like yes. that split second of silence. And then he hit that. And I remember every, first of all, we, everyone was standing at that point. <clears throat> and I remember everyone's jumping around and the, I just kept it. And again, this is just, you know, fatalist me. I'm like, there's a lot of time left. There's a lot of time left. This could still go bad. <laughs> And I just remember thinking, all right, let's just, you know, buck up and play some defense. And thank God we fucking did. Well, we could, we, what about Trace? Because Trace, one, altered one of Ivy's shots. Yep. That, that one right then. And then, and then went down the other and, and hit two free throws. So I think to Cliff's point, well, like Cliff, it's good you, uh, that's a great observation because we didn't get to see that much on the bench. Like we saw occasionally it cut to him and clearly was engaged. Uh, but I think that's a great insight that you, you offered. But then, you know, what was, were you guys confident Trace was going to make either of those free throws? No, no. <laughs> Are you crazy? No. I was just hoping for one of two, to be honest with you. Yeah. One of two. Guys, But how, do, how many times have we, I think I texted you this, what game was that? Nebraska, maybe? How many times this season have we hit one of two? All the times. Every time. <laughs> All the Every times. Time. <laughs> and so that's exactly – I was expecting the same kind of thing, especially because he had been sitting on the bench the entire game. Yeah. Ice cold. Listen, but, but that's what I'm saying. Trace, he was man. on the bench, but he wasn't on the bench thinking about something – else thinking about why he wasn't why am i not in here shitty calls whatever and i don't even know because i haven't gone back and watched a game yet if they were good calls if they were bad calls a couple one at one of them when he came back in after he had two he sat for a while came it seemed like kind of a a crappy call but whatever 
Um, but he was, was focused. He was engaged in the game. It was as if he was mentally still playing the game. Mm. So I really think that helped him kind of just be in it for that moment. He wasn't cold. And plus, you know, I mean, he already missed two. So percentage wise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. So so I want to ask another question, but we got to get to the, the final moment here. So as Ward said, he comes down, he does hit two free throws. They don't have timeouts, so they have to come down. Jaden Ivey comes down. I am we, sure oh, Steve man, thinks we, that ball's going in. I'm dude, sure Ivey's just – but the only th- good thing about that part, the anxiety was a little lower because we still – you know, we still would have gone to overtime. So it wasn't, sure. like, going to be a game winner. I mean, we would have had to really mess that up yeah. with the LJ four-point play game winner. You know? Dane Fife would have had that <laughs> one. Uh, so the ball goes up. It bounces around. It hits the backboard, hits the rim, comes back, goes out. And then there's the explosion. Walk us through your experience in that moment. That one looked like it was, it was about to go down. Yeah, just jumping up and down, hugging everybody, people in front of us, people behind us. Even I had next to me, I had these, these two guys came in. They were wearing Colts shit so yeah. obviously i was when they sat down i was like you're not a hoosier fan no ward you can't like that at <laughs> no, assembly hall no you they were obviously purdue fans right yeah and then oh. once the game started you know we don't need those kind of colts fans e- e- even the purdue fan was like you know giving me the pound i mean it was, the excitement everyone was just so excited you know did you think about rushing the court did you how did you not rush the court we're too old for that yeah <clears throat> we, they, first of all we we don't agree with it it was but, too far. It was too far away, too. We were, you know, we would have had to hop. We would have had to hop the thing. But I mean, listen, I, I personally. You said so it, many things there. We're too old for it. Followed <laughs> quickly by we're not in support of it. And then followed quickly by we would have had to have hopped a barricade. Okay. So <laughs> all those three of those three things, things are true. Don't jive. No, all three of those are true. We're too old, so we couldn't hop the barricade. Those are one thing. <laughs> the second thing is, listen, I have no problem with the students doing especially these students, man. These right. students have never seen us in a tournament. They haven't experienced anything like this. I have no problem with them doing it. I am just, you know, as a older fan. Yeah, mature. Seasoned, mature. Mature fan. I, I'm just, um, you know, sad, I guess, that we're at the point where we got to rush the court would be pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. But, you, you know, know, so that's all. But look, look, we did talk to Coach Ya earlier, and I think we're all like, yes, that was great. That was deserved. That was earned. Let the students have their fun. Let the players have their fun. Uh, and now we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. That yeah. was the watershed moment. And now, now because we did do it, we did not only beat a top five team at home, but our arch rival who'd beat us nine times in a row. Okay. Now the expectation is we win at home always. Yes. That's the, that's, that's the new, that what's old is new again. Now. I don't, I don't know what would he how would he saying it to them, what he's doing, but he's obviously made it a point at home. We don't lose or we rarely lose or whatever it is this is our home court. oh no he doesn't say we rarely lose <laughs> yeah. he says we don't lose that would be the worst coach of all time <laughs> hey guys hey guys only <laughs> sometimes <laughs> only sometimes oh we are gonna bust ass and protect our home court most of the time <laughs> except on special occasions <laughs> except when it's hard i'll tell you who looked jacked up you see woody 
um there, it was all over twitter of just him just like like crazily like fist pumping the crowd that was awesome yes. so did you, did you get to see rob being hoisted by where you did you stick around to watch the yeah, aftermath yeah we, yeah we stuck around it was like that's, the, the whole, that's what we were there for <laughs> we've been waiting for that forever we stuck around we were everybody was you know hugging and I mean, you know, people you didn't know, you know, yeah. and it's so funny because it's like people got masks on this, everybody's just hugging each other and, you know, going on the court and, you know, swapping spit and what it's fucking great, man. <laughs> You're just making out with other fans. Yeah. Cliff, Cliff just grabbed the, those two old men next to him in the cold stuff and just making out. <laughs> but that, that, that picture that was on Twitter, uh, one of the, I think one of the IU media school people took and I, I forgot the name. But with Rob just being like held, yeah. you see that one? That's, yeah. That is a that's a great. That's show. an iconic picture. Right yeah, there. that's going to end up like at the wall of on the wall of Nick's. Like, well, oh. that picture will be with us forever. Well, listen. Hopefully, it's not. Uh, hopefully, there's more to come. Let's put it. That yeah, way. for sure. So you stuck around. Did you make your way down to the court as the celebration continued? We no. did, we didn't. We were anxious to kind of hit the streets per se and uh, <laughs> take some of that celebration over there back to Kirkwood. On the way back, we decided. Yeah, to we work. couldn't. We couldn't get an Uber, so we we basically walked with the students back back yes. to the. They were lighting couches on fire and shit. It was great. <laughs> yeah, we 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 <laughs> we, we got just caught observed. up in a couch a. A couch lighting, uh, couch burning extravaganza. I'm not a hundred percent that you guys didn't light the couch on fire. I've... Yeah, I, well, the students were doing. We're too mature to <laughs> jump Steven over the Esquire. How do you plead? I never said. I never said which year the students may or may not have graduated. But, <laughs> but before we leave the event completely and get to the after party, you guys are big sports fans. You, you, you got other teams. You've, you've gone to other games. Where does this rank for you personally of the live sporting events you've attended? It's a, it's, a, it's in the top five for me. I mean, you know, I've been to a couple of great Yankee playoff games, you know, stuff like that. You know, even that, that Indiana Michigan game we went to was that it had a similar feeling, you know, that 13 team and everything that was going on with that team. You know, and that, but that was a different feeling. That was like, we're, we proved that we are what we thought we were. Right. This is more of that kind of, I mean, that Crean moment when he went into, you know, the, the hallway. It had more of that. I wasn't at that game, but I'm sure if I was, the aftermath of that game would have felt kind of similar in certain oh, ways. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're yes, back. That, it, uh, that kind of one. You know what I felt too? It, it, I, it, I, there's definitely some relief in all of it, you know, sure. like <clears throat> super excited, like, you know, fuck Purdue, all that stuff, which I mean, they were just screaming that the entire game, the students, <laughs> but um, a lot of relief. Like, Oh, thank God. It wasn't 10 in a row. I, I just know? kept saying, like, I kept grabbing Steve and hugging him and saying, this is what it's all for. This is why we do it. You know, all this, all these crappy games we watched and seasons and coaches and, and, you know, expectations not being met you know and then you have this one moment i'm like getting like like choked up thinking about it like and, and like the feeling it's like overwhelming it's like oh this is why like i forgot like why like it almost feels like a chore sometimes you know you forget that it's even possible to have this feeling like exactly you yeah. um 
Was there any, and then we'll go to the after party. Was there any moment, I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff, I don't know why. Was there any moment in this game, whether it was when Rob hit his shot or when Ivy missed, was there any moment where the sound, that what I call the wall of sound, was similar to Killingsworth dunk or was Killingsworth dunk still at a different level? Different level. Yeah. Because no, that was just a moment of a thing. You know, this was, you know, it had, you know, I think if Rob's shot was actually a buzzer beater. For we sure. We would have got there. For right? sure. Even- I think Steve's point was great because he hit the shot and immediately I think everyone was like, there's too much freaking time right. left. Right. It was especially yeah. with, with Ivy on the other, you know, they, right. They we got a guy like that. The Killingsworth thing for us, I mean, we were in the top balcony. And I just remember as loud as it was, the thing that stuck with me all these years later was the building was shaking. And I remember standing up and rocking back and forth. That's how the, crazy it was. The only moment, I mean, when when AJ Guyton hit the shot against Temple, I remember it being crazy loud. But the loudest that I was personally in the building for, and obviously I was not there for the watch shot. Um, but Rabbi, who was in the building for both watch shot and Killingsworth, says that there is no difference between those two. He says the Killingsworth shot was <clears throat> that dunk was just at the same level as Watford. Some may disagree, but the loudest I ever heard it was New Year's Eve. December 31st, 2012. Oh, it would have been 12. No, it might have been 2011. And we played Ohio State. It was in the the year of the watch shot. Mm -hmm. And we played Ohio State, and they were ranked like two or three in the country. And Vic was guarding Aaron Kraft, and he picked his pocket at like half court, went in for a dunk. They came back, and we were losing the game at this point and starting to make a comeback. Kraft brings the ball up again, and Vic picks him again. Like, I'm talking black top pick, you know, slap yeah. it with the right hand. It goes around. You sprint around the guy, get it, and he dunked it. And I was in the bleachers that he was dunking at. Mm-hmm. And that was the loudest moment I had felt where you, the sound hits you, right? Yeah. Like, you feel yeah. it. You know, your chest. you know what's amazing about that is that's not even a student game. You know, know. students aren't even there for that. I know, but that, but those two years, especially after the watch shot, everything was different. I mean, everything, those games were all sold out. We were back, you know, it, it was amazing. All right, Ward, take over the after party. Well, we know that you had been given a a mission. Um, Coach Mike Labrette, who was on our Twitter spaces uh, after the game, um, it, it sort of was decided by him, by us to communicate to you guys that you needed to find Rob Finnessy. So with that being your mission, going out into the night, just kind of take us through the after party because I'll be honest, in my four years at IU, there was no game, no victory that meant as much as what you guys just witnessed and attended to. So I don't I don't really know what it's like to go out into Bloomington after a game that is transcendent. Tell Great us point. what it what it feel like. What did it smell like? What did it taste like? By the way, well, great, great question. <laughs> and thank you for making my four years at Indiana sadder than I remembered that. Look, man, it's real. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just said our best moment was uh, at a game we lost. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Great question. Go for it, Steve. I was going to say the the after party went so well that we forgot the mission. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no. Wait, this is no, what happened. You texted us but, pretty late. But, but coincidentally, we somehow accomplished the mission like four <laughs> hours later. <laughs> Just a coincidence. We, 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 we went to the bird. You know, that's, that's, that's our favorite spot. They had uh, like a student band playing or a, you know, from the Jacob School of Music. They were awesome cover band. Every between every song, fuck Purdue, fuck Purdue. You know, I mean, like, I mean, if you're a band, you know, like in Blue, what an easy night of, you know, getting a crowd into into it. Right. I mean, just every every bar you went into was some anti Purdue chant, you know, on the streets, everybody's slapping five. I mean, you know, just just like this great feeling. And then, yeah, as Steve mentioned, we stumbled into sports at late in the in the wee hours. Certainly want to uh, get anybody in trouble. But um, and we, yeah. hold on. we only saw those who are old enough to be inside. <laughs> yes, that is also true. <laughs> And, uh, you know, upstairs in sports now is a little bit different than when we went to school. It's like kind of like a little clubby now. They have, you know, DJ going and like a little stage. The team was up on the stage, you know, doing doing their thing. Um, At sports? Having fun, man. They look to be having a good time. Yes. So who are we talking about? Trace, Race, Rob? Yeah, we, uh, we don't need to get that, into names, yeah. Eric. Come on. Well, no, it's okay if Trace, Race, and Rob are there. I'm naming three people that are over the age of 21. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the team was there. What? Let's look, just, look, were look, those Eric, three people there? We're talking about guys from the East Coast that know how to keep secrets. Listen, they, they know no where the body. There's no to be kept. Were those three people there? Yeah, sure. Some, some, some of them. What? I don't know what you're trying to protect. <laughs> um, did you get, get to I talk to it. any of them personally? No, 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 no. No, no. no the, the truth no. is, you know, normally I would be that guy and I would be annoying them, but we just wanted to let them enjoy it. They just thought that they were having fun. They had their people, you know, they were just, they were, they were taken in the moment, man. Like they were, they weren't, and they weren't being like obnoxious about it. They were just hanging and, and you could just see it, like looking around, like, Taking it in, you know. So okay. wait now. Uh, now I'll read from our text chain. I go. Okay. I, I hope you're going to be judicious here. Sure, sure. So this is <laughs> at at ten forty one p.m. Pacific Coast time, which means we are we are now at uh, one forty a.m. in Bloomington, and we have not heard from you guys in a long time, and we have from Steve Dodato. We got eyes on the basketball team. And I go, and I go, this, this, I think this was a coincidence. I had sent it at the, basically the same time you did. I was like, guys, how is it out there? Is this the craziest you've ever seen Bloomington? But then Steve goes right to, I sent Cliff in. <laughs> I go, oh shit. I go, oh shit. K-O-K? And Steve goes, no, sports. Eric goes, awesome. I go, I'm impressed. You can still text. Eric says, Eric says, tell them you are with us. See what that gets you. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. But then follows up with ha ha ha. And then Steve follows up with only problem is next text, we're annihilated. <laughs> well, in, 
to to just to back that up, which was yeah. the last thing we heard from you all night. Yeah, I, last thing we've heard since then. Brilliant. Sort of, <laughs> sort of remember texting you guys. <laughs> no, Steve. Steve did send me in, and and I like did like a fun. So the dance floor was packed, and they were like on this like stage, kind of like you know the DJs on the stage, and then they're kind of like to the side, and I kind of like. You know, I'm dancing my way like through like this crowd of college kids. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like, look creepy at all. With yeah, your yeah. stupid blazer, <laughs> just fucking dancing, doing the cha-cha. Um, by the way, I wanna I wanna say this because I, I think it was so funny and it was it shows this guy's um sense of humor. We immediately get on spaces and we do a live, you know, audio chat, and we had I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of people were joining us and freaking out. Ward and I are freaking out. Jared Jeffries joins us. Ward gets him on it. He's freaking out. Like, we're all celebrating. Then Jared, I just say, hey, Jared, you know, stick around if you can. We'll bring on other people if you want to jump in. And I just kind of forget that Jared is on. Ward, I don't know if you did as well. But we start having this conversation, like, 10 minutes after Jared kind of goes away about, like, Ward and I kind of both had the realization oh my god can you imagine what it's like for a 21 year old or 22 year old rob finnessy to go out in bloomington tonight like can you even imagine what that feels like what that what kind of fun that guy can have and out of nowhere jared you just hear a voice pop in oh i know what it's like That's actually a perfect segue because when I was sort of dancing <laughs> up to the stage, what are you doing? I, You're I dancing, looked, moving to the stage. Yeah, and I don't even, you know, I don't even know this, you know, the new rap and whatever they're dancing to. <laughs> and I get up there, and I'm, I, I don't even want to be annoying about it, but I kind of want to just accomplish the mission at this point. Get yeah. it done and get back to the bar. And um, I look around. See a lot of the team, no Rob Finnessy. Really? I didn't see him. I, I think he might have been getting his rewards a little early. Yeah, I was going to say, we, what? We, <laughs> we, I, did, I didn't see Awful. Rob. Well, look, just talking to his mother. Yeah. She said he's a homebody. That in high school, his teammates would go out to party, do whatever after a game on a Friday night. He'd come home. Maybe they'd go out to eat together, and then he'd go play video games in his room. So maybe. he, he might have been. I, I, Steve, did you see him? Because I didn't see him. And there. by the way, he no. does have a girlfriend, so he probably was partying with his girlfriend. That's what I'm That's... guessing. Um, whatever he was doing, God bless him. Yeah. Real quick, can you give us your? Um, I, I honestly, you weren't there that long, and you had a lot of tentpole things you had to do. But what was the food intake in Bloomington? What did we eat during our time there? We had um, one. We had Budweiser. one lunch. <laughs> we had lunch at Nick's, which, which, which um, wasn't much. I think we shared some some sticks and some chicken fingers, maybe for you know some appetizers. And then uh, I think we had a slice of rockets at like three thirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you were at Rockets, Steve, were you sitting by the window by yourself eating Rockets? And then, like, like a ghost in the night, Cliff just appear at the window. Because <laughs> that was that was the weekend we all met, and we thought we had lost Cliff, and we were in the window at Rockets, and Cliff, like an apparition, just appeared. <laughs> 
Cliff just was that haunted. the weekend we met? Yeah. Cliff just haunted down uh, Kirkwood in college the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So you get back to the room at what time? 3, 4 a.m.? Yeah. yeah we went back to the, I, you know, we were just so amped. We were like high on adrenaline. And Did we you start? Sat, we went. We we went back to the Stranger Things suite. We we just kept. The funny thing is, we just kept saying the same things over and over again because we yeah, had like sure. nothing. We like, like ran out of things to say about it. Yeah. Just like, just like, oh, like this, like like fizzy, this podcast rah, episode. You know, just everything about like. Well, that's not very nice. Me, what? <laughs> what is it? You missed, you missed Eric's comment. What was it? Uh, we just kept saying honestly to each other. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> That was awesome. Well, and then uh, did you get any sleep that night before getting back on the plane the next day? Not a couple hours. I heard, Steve, I heard Steve Sonwood a little bit, but I was up. <laughs> I was up just listening to him. All right. So yeah. you you get up. Uh, any breakfast in Bloomington, or is it right to the airport? I I sacrificed uh, a little bit, and I I was just so hungry. I mean, I hadn't eaten, and I got some Bloomington bagel. But that's you know New York coming from New York. That's just you got to gotta get you got to get Gables bagels from Ed Schwartzman. I know, but it was right there. Yeah, no, I get it. I get yeah. it. Um, guys, what an amazing what? Uh, how many we, hours? We, we did just kept saying, hours? like, we, we wish you guys were there. You know, you guys really, you know, for all the Merrimacks you went to this year, you know, <laughs> look, <laughs> you, you guys all, deserve that one. We so had to get the, the wins. So did the other goons, too, you know. We all know that we would have fucked it up. Like, that's why I can't, like, truly be mad at us for not going because that wouldn't have happened if we were there. And I'm not talking about us being coolers, but, like, it was such a perfect night and game and outcome that you can't regret. Like, you didn't somehow mess it up uh, by by being there. But that being said, I wish we could have been there. I wish we could have been there with you. But you guys taking this time to talk us through it play by play – it helps. Like I, I, I feel like now having gone through the evening, the the whole occasion with both of you, it's much more a part of of me too, rather than just watching it on TV for a couple hours from three thousand miles away. So thank you for taking all this time to to replay it with us. What What was your 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 feel? Were you kind of like sad you weren't there, or were you just so exhilarated we at the win? I mean, just... there's there's a con- whenever I watch an Indiana game, truthfully, I'm sad I'm not there. So there is part of me that's always upset. But obviously, when that game is going, it's like, man, I do wish I could be there. But no, I was so caught up in the emotion of what was happening. I just right. I was so happy to talk after. to Ward after yeah. the game and celebrate together. I think we well, talked how many more times that day? Like we talked, we did spaces, then we FaceTimed yeah. later. Like, well, and and look. When Trace went out, I was like, thank God I didn't go back for that game. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, being able to vicariously live through you guys and do this, it it, just to get sappy for a moment, you know, it's January of 2022. We did not know you guys in January of 2019. We met two and a half years ago at uh at the event uh, or the night before the event i should say at the uh, what's that place called the root cellar or something yeah is that what it's called oh yeah under and the farm the the love of indiana basketball that ward and i have had all of our lives the love of indiana basketball that you guys adopted full bore when you all chose to go to indiana 
that love connected us through the podcast, through just like you guys being nice enough to listen to the podcast. And I consider you guys like some of my closest friends. And we've been in the same place maybe four days of, of, <laughs> of our lives. That's crazy. Um, think about it. But it's, it's why Indiana basketball is different. It's just freaking different. And I've loved building the relationship with you guys. I've, it's helped me get through the bad times of Indiana basketball, and it's made celebrating these good moments even better. And look, guys, up until that game, it's pretty much been all bad times. All bad. <laughs> all bad. One good football season and all bad basketball. Hey, before uh, we leave, I just want to say, did you call Fife and did you tell him how was the student section that night versus his tweet about the other the other school? <laughs> oh, no. because, I didn't. Because that's didn't. who I wanted to run to after the game. I was gonna get in his face about that, but <laughs> I did I did not. I let him have the moment of just winning okay. Purdue and not shitting on him in the wake of it. That's good. That's good. Uh well so Steve, right, you're going well, back. Illinois, baby. You're going back, and we're coming too, and hell's coming with us. You're goddamn right. Let's do it again. That's right. Cliff, you should figure out a way to get back. Uh, it's not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> I'll, see you, I'll see you at the final four. Oh, I like that. I there like that. Go. And listen, we got to beat Michigan. Got to beat them. Well, now, this okay. podcast you, Here's is a theoretical, right? Because by the time this podcast plays – the Michigan game's over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Give me to yeah, date That's you. right. You're a rookie. No, no, no. We've been talking about this throughout the podcast. What, do you, how devastated are you if we lose to Michigan? Or how much are you like, it's not a big deal? Sky's falling again. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Steve and I are as simpatico. Ward just got done telling me, you know, if they have a come down, uh, you know, a letdown after a big game, I'm not going to freak out. It's like, all right. You know, who, I'm like, who, by the way, who wants to listen to a podcast about beating Purdue after we lost to Michigan? <laughs> well, look, that that's what we said. Fuck it. We're doing it. We're doing <laughs> it regardless. We're going to push it out there because to commemorate. Right. Like this is it's such a rare thing. I, I want this as a time capsule. Like, I want the Turdue week time capsule where we got all the pregame hype with several people beforehand, and now we're getting the, the post-mortem on just this glorious thing that we will all be talking about no matter how old and gray we get when we hop on a Zoom and have a herf with the rest of the goons, and we will talk about this game. Rob Finnessy put his name in the books. He's a legend now. I'll remember that game for the rest of my life. Yes, you are. And I love that your voice is still struggling from it. I know that feeling well. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I'm sorry. I'm sure it doesn't sound great, but hey, man, I, I left uh, left a part of me in Assembly Hall. There you go. All right, Cliff, Steve, we love you guys. Be good. Love you, dudes. Peace. Love you. Love you, fellas. Talk soon. Go Hoosiers. That was a guest. That was a guest. Uh, what a fun way to wrap up an awesome uh, walk down uh, recent memory lane on this game. I was going to say walking down Goon Alley. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we've talked about the Goons so much, and Steve was on briefly. LeBrett's been on, on the spaces. But I feel like we've been selfish with the Goons. These guys 
not only are they so deeply passionate about all things IU, in particular basketball, they're really smart guys. They're really funny guys. They're really insightful guys. And and they all have their own take on things. And um, that's why we enjoy chopping it up with them so much off air, you know, in our free time, in a text message chain. They're great dudes. They're great IU fans. And it's only right that, that they be shared with the hysteric audience um, in depth. Yeah. Great guys. Fun episode. Uh, I really hope this is the episode after we beat Michigan. Cause if not, it really will suck. I don't care what you say. <laughs> yeah. uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I, but, the but the sometimes, sometimes why? why talk to you next week. So, okay. <laughs> I was going to say see you later, and then I hate saying see you on a podcast. (laughs) Ah, fuck it. Goodbye. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.